Welcome back, everyone, to Phil's Recap and Review, Game of Thrones Season 7, Episode 6, Beyond the Wall, The Feedback Show. And I'm here, Phil the Issues Guy, I'm here this week to talk to you guys about this episode one more time. Take your feedback questions. We got some emails, we got some rocks that people threw off my head while I was walking down the street and said, do you watch this episode of Game of Thrones, Phil? We have all of that, and of course, we have with us the live motherfucking chat. I see all the motherfucking chat is in there right now already talking about it. It's an interesting week to be a Game of Thrones fan. A lot of big feelings about this episode, both positive and negative. The people that like it are really liking it. Be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? It was fun. The people that don't like it are like, it's shit. So we're going to get into that to a certain extent, but we're going to really just accept the, what happened in this episode happened and try to kind of, you know, answer some questions that came out of it. But as you know, in these feedback shows, I'm not alone as well. I have with me a co-host on this to take your questions. We've had a lot of really awesome co-hosts, but there, this is somebody that he's been nice enough to have me into his house like a couple times, and I'm an asshole, and I'm just like, fuck you. I'm not, I never had this guy on my on the show before, but I'm really excited to have him. Uh, Tony Teflon from Teflon TV. How's it going, Tony? What's the deal, my people? You know what it is, Don Tony Teflon, and I'm the fuck back at you another one of the god goddamn time, Phil. You have me on this motherfucker. Yeah, what? You know, people have asked for me to come up on here. It should have been done, but you know, listen, people, people be busy, shit be happening. But we here now, and we here rocking on an episode of controversy, and no other episode to have the dine on and talk about a controversial episode. So definitely with that, definitely. What up to everybody in the chat? What up to you, Phil? Too bad we can't have Dirty Locks and, and, and the Crow Chick up there with us, Katie Crow, but maybe another time. Yes. Rock the gun too. Absolutely. I'm selfish, though. It's it's because I'm selfish, and I want you all to myself, Tony. It's it's the first time I like to have you over the house, just bring you, but then I, and then I'll bring you into Joe, and uh, <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe's a crazy motherfucker. Joe had, speaking of that, Joe had really strong opinions about this episode, saying things like he thought it was the worst episode of Game of Thrones of all time. I don't go that far. I think it wasn't my favorite episode of the season. It wasn't necessarily one of my top episodes, but there was a lot in it I did actually enjoy. It was subpar for uh for even this season i think but worst episode of all time i'm looking at you season five with some of the sand snake stuff personally my opinion but uh tony where, what do you think of this episode just in general you know this episode is very controversial people either love it or they hate it, it doesn't really seem to be a lot of middle ground with this episode the way it's rolling right now so uh I will have to say that I understand both sides of the issue. I understand why people hate it and their points are valid. And I understand why people love it. And now the only reason you can love it is if you overlook the valid points that people are making that tell you why this episode wasn't good. You have to overlook all those things and just say, you know what? I'm not willing to deal with that stuff. I'm just watching it for entertainment purposes. That's it. And if you do it for that, then people love it. Me particularly, I don't watch it for that reasons. I watch it because I'm a book fan and I also do enjoy the show, but I enjoy the show because of the books. And therefore, because of being a book reader and everything else, when I look at that situation right there, I have no choice but to say this episode was terrible. Yeah, I mean that's that you're you're saying very similar things to what Joe was saying in a much nicer way. Joe's like, "That fucking sucks, fucking shit, 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 shit." Well, shit. I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're get, <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah, it's a, it's a long it's gonna be a long podcast. Me, not me neither. I would say I'm kind of like right. I'm one of the the right in the middle of it. I definitely can't ignore some of those big fucking things. But also there was enough in it for me because. 
uh, shiny things distract me, and I like. And sometimes I like riding on the roller coaster and just going with it. I enjoyed it more on actually a second viewing rather than the first one being critical. Kind of just shutting up and sitting back and watch and watching it. But you're right. There's some glaring just action movie kind of trope things that are just in there, but. It happened. It's out there. That's an episode. All the events that happened in that episode are leading us into this next one. So it's 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 just that big fucking meatball hanging out in the sky. We have to just go with it. Go with those events and what happened. What I want to try to do to a certain extent is maybe, is there a way we can make it better, Tony? Is there a way with shit that happens later, stuff that happens, if we find out that the Night King didn't shoot shoot Drogon because he wanted to keep Daenerys alive for some reason. Arya and Sansa are working together and, they're, and Arya is just basically playing a game of poker with her a little bit here and there. Are there ways to make this episode better, Tony, in later episodes? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, the, the, the Arya-Sansa stuff is just crazy. It, 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 I understand. I always thought it was game. I have to believe it's game. Why did they do all that practicing? Why did they learn all these training? These are two chicks who learn training from people, training that, that they should be able to double-team Peter Bayless. Arya should have got that note, went to Sansa on behind-the-scenes, something we didn't see, and say, look what Peter Bayless just sent me, put, tried to hide, tried to put this out there about you. And Sansa said, oh, yeah, okay. She's trying, he's trying to play this game. Let's just go along right with it, and let's see how far he goes. That that would be the best possibility for me, and that's the only way it works for me. If, but I am also a person that didn't think it was Arya who really got stabbed. So the fact that we have seen that before, that it's possible we can be getting another stabbing this mm. season. This could be the second stabbing a stupid plot like that <laughs> if it goes down like that. So let's go into the live motherfucking chat for a second. Big E says, Arya giving the dagger to Sansa maybe was the signal. Mark says, hey, Tony. Hey, Phil. Chiki says, what if Littlefinger dies? Brienne was sent away on purpose so Arya could steal his face. It would be a great Stark family secret. What up, people? We got Peter Griffin. I would love to think that it's a game, but then I always think Arya on the bridge. Uh, I think of Arya on the bridge with the waif, which is what? Yeah, well, you, you could look at two things for signals you have the uh, you have the, the dagger given to sansa at that time could be a signal and you also have peter bayless telling her to keep brianne around and she sends brianne away mm -hmm. so that could also be something that she listen i'm not listening to you peter bayless i'm not doing what you i, I have my and she says i have things to handle i can't she tells brianne i can't leave here i have things i have to handle that's why i can't go i have things i have to do and possibly it could be killing of Peter Bayless in this whole plan that they have. Hopefully that I, I hope I hope so. And I hope it ends up not being as dumb and shitty and on the, as it seems on the surface with where they're both just acting like idiots. I hope there's some game afoot and that we can go back and kind of uh, retread that storyline a little bit and think, oh, okay, and if you watch it again, you can pick up signals later. I hope it's that layered and that it ends up being that way at the end. Zany says, what's good, Phil? Mandela says, I hope Littlefinger dies. Walking David says, I have a theory that the waif won and has been Arya this whole time. I, th I think I've, a lot of people have uh, said that before, that this isn't really Arya, that this is really the waif. You know, that's something I'm going to say about Arya. I don't want y'all to take it in a, in a, in a nasty way. All right, because I don't mean it in a nasty way. I don't, so I, don't, I don't need it that way, so don't take it in a nasty way. We're not talking about little Arya. We're talking about this person portraying Arya 
And I'm going to say that she's at least 18 or so years old, and she's of legal age, all right? <laughs> the Aria of legal age, she needs to get some dick in her life. Pa- she needs the dick. Podrick. He needs Podrick. is right there, Tony. Yeah, the dick. A lot of this stuff, with, with her attitude that she has, would go away. This is what happens when you don't have the dick. That's what she needs in her life, Arya. The dick. Someone needs to pipe it down, and she calm right down. Even when you look at all these serial killers that we see in the world, all these mafia hitmen are nothing but serial killers. What do they have? They have families. They have wives at home. Every one of them usually is a happy family guy, and that's what keeps him somewhat sane. And he has and a gumar what- in the side, too. Exactly. You know what I mean? She needs something like that to keep her sane. She needs something going on. Gendry better hightail it back to Winterfell and lay the hammer for real. That's where he was running to. We don't know where he goes to afterwards, but they they wonder why uh, he he survived all that. We were, you know, each one of those characters maybe has another place to. It's like Bruce Jenner. I mean, triathlete. He's fucking rowing fucking boats. Yep, running, fucking running marathons. Jendry, what the fuck is he? He probably jump over fucking pole vault over the goddamn wall if you give him a pole big enough. Gendry, this motherfucking athlete we be seeing here. So everybody, if you want to join in the fun, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show, you can get your voicemails or texts in at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. I've got some emails and text messages that people sent right now that we're going to get into those questions in a second. We also have a call-in line. If you want to fucking call in and talk to us live on the air, you can do that right now. Yeah, at shit. Call in and talk to us. Talk to the Don and Phil. Ask it's- us some questions. Question 714-694-4120. 714-694-4120. Call on in. We'll get you right on the line. But let's go to the first email comment that we have. This is from Sam, who uh, this is more of a comment than a question. Hey, Phil, it's Sam. So sad I can't hang in the motherfucking chat tonight. Grad school starts tomorrow and I need a fresh sleep. But I had to say that this episode was the first one since the Agrit period that I thoroughly enjoyed seeing the North. And that ice dragon looked awesome. Have a great stream and uh, see you all next week because hell or high water, I'll be around for the final stream. And the preview was great. So around that, which is what I want to say is we kind of talked about that at the beginning. Tony mentioned this. The people, there are people that love this episode. The vocal, the the loudest rage is the people that are saying fuck this shit, blah 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 blah. But there is a strong percentage of people that like this episode and they're like fuck you all for fucking hating this. So there is sort of there's definitely a two sides to this right now, and I want to make sure that. I I, I share the people that like this episode's comments as well as the people that had fucking issues with it. So, uh, yep. No, that if, if you want to look at the episode in a whole for what the episode is and you want to overlook all those flaws that it has, it's a great episode. Yeah, it looked great. It looked great. The the acting performances I thought were really awesome and some, uh, and some shit. Ha- it's, it, Okay, I, I'm not going to get into this. I'm going to get into something after the after the season's done about maybe my thoughts on the season. Listen, you got the cheeky banter between characters that you never thought that you see talk to each other. So when you mm-hmm. when you get that, if that is what you're looking for, if that was what entertains you, the hound one-liners and one-liners back and forth and Joan Mormont and and throw some mid talking. Oh, if that is what you like to hear, then it was a great episode. Yep. 
Yeah, and it gave people what they wanted in that context. But it definitely, again, it's it's hard to ignore some of the bad points. So here we go. Let's get to our first caller of the night. This is area code 919. Area code 919, you're on the air. Who are you, where you're calling from, and what's your question or comment? Oh, what's up, Phil? This is the Bloody Talker. Just uh, eating some sandwiches, recovering <laughs> from uh, the bad times from this week. But uh wasn't that wasn't that terrible like you guys said there it was the the best worst episode i think in game of thrones it, it was the the whole i'm gonna be a high school javelin thrower and take out a dragon and <laughs> one thing it drove me nuts um and if i i really think sansa and Arya are on the same side here and I, I think that they're trying to set up Littlefinger, but I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, Tony, what do you think about that? Do you you were talking a little bit about that earlier, but uh, do you do you think there's potential here that the sisters are working together? You know, I definitely. I'll say, man, eating a sandwich at ten o'clock at at, at, the, at the end of the day, you know. Need to get in there and eat more than a sandwich. Boy. Oh, to, to, Tony, yeah, just to let you, just to let you know, so, so sandwich means uh, smoking a little uh, something. Oh, all right, all right, yeah, all right. I, I, I don't know, Phil, you guy talk. All right, you eat that sandwich thing, goddammit. <laughs> and then eat the sandwich I'm talking about after. Anyway, besides, <laughs> besides that, listen, it better be. It better be. Because I swear to fucking God. If Arya and Sansa are stupid, and that's what they would have to be, that Littlefinger is able to run game in a place we ain't never seen him before, that he can come to Winterfell, that we don't even know what, what context does he have there, that he can come there, cut a hole in the mattress, put a note in it, and have these spies in Winterfell. If that is what it is, then what the hell did we see Sansa trained with him for what the hell did we see all this faceless man training for? Well, the fray that's what we seen it for. And I would add another one too what the fuck are we getting all the three eyed raven stuff? Because if he's really gonna cause a rift between his sisters that might interfere with people defending the north against the long night, Brands can't just sit there at his tree and let Littlefinger get away with this when he could read him from a mile away too. It, he's just he could just sit there and just go, Well, oh, actually, Littlefinger's fucking with you too. You guys need to kill him right now. I mean, that's all he needs to say. One quick word from uh, from Bran and it's over. Like all because all Sansa really needs to hear. Sansa is an idiot, but all she really needs to hear, like you said, she had so much training. We established earlier in the season that she doesn't trust Littlefinger at all. So all she needs to do is kind of be reminded of it for a second and be like, oh yeah, you're a fucking idiot. You know, or I'm I'm being an idiot. Littlefinger's playing a scam on us. They and I agree, they better be working together. Yeah, that's the line she specifically said. Anyone who trusts Littlefinger is an idiot. So how could she fall into that? I just can't, I, I just have to believe that that's not what's going on. I have to believe that somehow that this is a, a plan between them. That's the only thing that makes sense. You know what I mean? But yes, Arya is looking very creepy. She's looking, she's not looking like that little Arya that we see in season one. You know, I, I know I'm going to say this too. I know it's very unpopular for book fans to say this, but I'm going to say it because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> when it comes to writing books, and I'm somewhat of an author and stuff, 
the hardest thing to write about books, especially if you're doing a series, even when you look at movie theories, uh, seasons, uh, series or whatever, is the ending. Yep. The ending is very hard to stick that landing. Carrie Strug, when she came up that boat and landed on one leg and got the gold medal for the women's team in gymnastics, that was amazing. That's how amazing it was because it's hard to stick the landing. All right. So you might not like what really is going to happen in the books. This really could be what it is. They really might go for a white to try to bring it back to King's Landing. That could be the plot in the books. Everyone's saying, oh, no, George R. R. Martin would never do anything like that. All right. Yep. They got it from somewhere. They have bullet points, theoretically, and that could be a bullet point. You know, so that could be it. People, yep. you might not be as pleased with what you get at the end of the bulk of the end, but the in-between stuff is going to be phenomenal. And that's basically more, I, I look forward to more of that when I read the books than the actual big main plot of the White Walkers. I like the little side stories and stuff in there. Yeah, all the all the backstory, all the all the history stuff, all the intertwining characters, the character motivation, and getting yeah, inside sure. people's heads and all that stuff is better than the actual finish. I agree with that. So, uh, so Arya knows all. Let's get the chat. Biggie Torment went from Steel Axe to Dragon Steel or Dragon Glass Axe. Hey, Violent Messiah, great to see you. It has been a while. Michael Bennett says yes, it's true. Why doesn't Bran just reveal anything? What is he doing? Just sitting out in the Godswood? Yeah, just hanging out, just practicing. A dragon uh, for a white, that's the worst deal at all of histories. Uh, magically delicious, I think, okay, sorry, I'm just uh, reading mid-conversation. Ryan Lash says, having Arya outsmart and kill Littlefinger would feel cheap and unearned. I don't think Dan and Dave know what to do with Littlefinger without George R. R. Martin's books to follow. Uh, and Arya says she wants to try on pretty dresses. What that makes no sense. She wants to be a lady. It's a setup. I don't believe it all. Oh, we've got our first super chat donation. Michael Bennett says, yeah. Call, calling it now. Gilly is Azora High. Oh, fuck. Oh, I can't believe it. You know it. She's been touched by fire. Let's go. Let's spin the fucking wheel for you. Listen, Gilly could eat an apple through a picket fence. And that's the type of woman I like. <laughs> we have, oh, fuck, dude. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Okay, buddy. I'll do it in a second. I gotta. Do, I gotta do ten push-ups. We'll figure that out in a second. I'll ask. I'll ask Tony a question, and we'll and we'll uh, we'll go on. We've got. Uh, we've, again, our phone lines are open if people want to get in at seven one four six nine four four one two zero. So our first question that I'm gonna take from our emails here is from BBM ninety four, the master of the Funkos. Do you think that Jon Snow will offer Longclaw to Jorah again? Jorah brought dishonor to his house, but he probably already has or will uh, regain it in the future. Plus, Sam can give Jon his sword to battle since he isn't really a fighter. Do you think Jon will end up give, will Jorah end up eventually with Longclaw as I go and do 10 push-ups? Well, you know, you have a guy here, Tony Teflon the Dine, and I predicted this a long time ago that Samuel Tarly will cure Grayscale. You can check my video out on that and check the published date on that when I said it. But in if, when I went to make that video, if you look at the books, you see that Jorah's last word, Jorah's father's last words are to Sam. And his last words is to tell his son that he wants him to join the Night's Watch and, and take the black. And that is what I really based it mostly on. So I knew that they had to run into each other. So I do believe that quite possibly he will get that sword back and he will be the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch when it's all said and done. 
I hope so. That would be a good uh, good full circle for Jorah in his, in his arc right there. Someone in the live chat made a good point. And I wonder why John didn't try to offer it to uh, Leanna Mormont. He offered it to Jorah, but he didn't, he didn't try to offer it back to her family. Oh, sexist. Don't say that. that, that people start going crazy about it. It's sexist, Jon Snow. Jon Snow, what a little bastard. He knows nothing, bastard. Uh, long claw question. Yes, I think Jon will get another Valyrian steel sword and use that instead. Shannon C says, hey, Phil, hey, Tony, Jorah still has the crabs. Why the fuck does he want to give it to Jorah when Lady Mormont's sitting there? Fastest 10 push-ups ever. I did 10 fucking push-ups. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm out of breath. Friend zone for life. They need Valyrian in uh, steel north of the wall. Uh, why should you give it to anyone sexist? John Snow, someone cut you, someone uh, said it before, right? Sandy called you on that one. Uh, Paul, uh, I've heard the chrome off the trailer hitch, never eat an apple through a pick a fence. Uh, sexist. Uh, record, scra record scratch, ever since it's, what's up everyone? Hannibal O'Neill, Lady Mormont would stick that sword up Jorah's ass. Okay, so let's go to uh, the second part of uh, Broke's question. Uh, why are people doing bad comparisons this season? First is the comparison between John and Joffrey. Now it's a comparison between Sansa and Lady Mormont. Lady uh, Mormont is wiser than Sansa at a young age, while Sansa was easily manipulated. Does Arya not remember the night Sansa was sentenced to death? So there's a lot of questions about this. Does, and that's why it has to be a game, Tony. That uh, if if uh, Arya does she really just have no concept of what Sansa went through at all? And just doesn't give a shit. I mean, I'm I don't I'm not want to defend Sansa. Sansa chose the Lannisters over her family and started this series of events to to put herself through this fucked up situation. But it but ultimately, I don't know. Like when Arya's giving her shit about not trying to save Ned or anything like that, that maybe that's that's when she loses me a little bit. Yeah, you know, I, I it, as I said before, there's no way if it's not game, it's dumb. So there's no other way it could be anything else but that. I just really believe that 100% it has to be a ruse. Uh, it just doesn't work if it's not. Uh, Peter Baelish has to fall this season. I don't see any other reason for him to be around. I don't think that he's going to die like this specifically in the books, but I think that they're going to have to do something else with Arya because as we see in the books, we have Jack and Hygar and the Faceless Men have their own plot that's going on. So uh, they're not looks like they're not doing that plot. So they need Arya to do something. So I can't see how doing anything else and any other reason for her to do it. So if it's not going to go down like that, there's no other reason for it to be written this way. And what other end could they get from this that we're not thinking of? Because if it ends in Peter Bayless's way, then that means that Sansa is going to have to kill Arya off. And I can't see Sansa killing off Arya. No, I can't see it no happening. Fucking way. No matter what, I, there's no way I could see them, the right show writers, getting rid of Macy Williams. Uh, th this is this is the, a, a team who's kept around uh, Braun. You know what I mean? Because they know he's a fan uh, favorite. Uh, they killed off a lot of people, and and that's also another thing when you deal with a show, and you have such strong actors like Sean Bean uh, and, and Charles Dance. And you have a show like this that kills off those actors. You have to say, can these other actors pick up the slack of those great actors to keep the show going? Mm -hmm. So I think that as we can see right now, the show is going, but I think there's a little problem with it without the gravitas of those people in it. So let's go to the phone lines and take another call. This is from our good buddy, The Walking David. Welcome. Welcome, buddy. How's it going? David? You on? 
Gonna put David back on hold. I'll uh, go back that's to your the voice. That's the voice, man, right? That that was the Invisible Man. The Invisible Man was he was talking to us. We couldn't hear. But we'll uh, we'll go back to your call in a second, David. Uh, so let's uh, read the last two of Broke's questions. It's very hard to tell if Ari is trolling us. If she knows what Littlefinger is planning. However, do you think Sansa's piecing things together during her first conversation with Arya this episode? She says, "How'd you find out about the letter?" Then in the previous on Game of Thrones, it reminds us that Littlefinger was in the room when Cersei wanted her to write the letter. Then later on, Littlefinger tells Sansa. Of an option to kill Arya using Brienne, so she sends her south. Yeah, I mean, we, we basically all said this, Broke. I definitely think you're onto something there. And last question from Broke. In the Hardhome episode, John kills a White Walker, but no Whites follow its death. John kills a White Walker this episode, uh, the Whites follow its death except one. Why didn't John think it was a trap? Like in Star Wars, it's a trap. Do you think, and this is one of those things about making this episode better, was this all ultimately just a plot, a ploy by the Night King who can kind of, you know, is a green seer maybe or something like that, has some sort of way of predicting this and knew what was going to happen and did this to get a dragon? Yeah, I just think that there's certain things you can't do because they'll give shit away. You know what I mean? You can't give Jon Snow Dawn or put it around him right now or give shit away. You can't have it dealing with the Arya Sansa situation. You can't have them doing what they're doing and then show Peter Bayless watching them do it or it'll give the whole thing mm -hmm. away. So there's certain things you can do that, but you'll give shit away. So I think when we deal with that situation, it's one of those situations. If you would have had all the whites drop when Jon Snow first killed that one, it would have gave it all away a little bit too early. But it's obviously what it is. You know what I mean? It, you see what it is. It, I said it before, you can watch videos, I've said, these aren't resurrected people, these are just people being warged. And when the warger dies, these people die too, and that's it. And that old Night King just has the same power as all these other green seers, just in the ice for, uh, format, and that's it. But he's just warging all these creatures, and eventually, I guess, if he goes, they all go, because he's just the alpha. Yep. Oh, Hannibal O'Neill, thank you so much supporting your cunt. Cheers. Thank you, buddy. Or cunts, supporting you, you cunts. So let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to the Walking David. Walking David, what's up, buddy? David? Test. I, got deja, I got deja vu for a second. I know. Man. Wait, wait. Is this... <laughs> let's, let's keep the... I'm going to keep David on and go to the next question and see if he comes back on in a second. Oh, he go. He got Joe drink. So that means you're the Joe tonight, Tony. So that means you drink. I'm always, I'm shit. You know, it's funny. You, you know, I used to be in college when I was in college. I used to play a game, Pyramid Bullshit. I'm sure a lot of y'all played yep, it and yep. shit like that. And they put it down. They'd be like, uh, drink five. I'd be like, oh, torture me. Okay. Drink five. This is supposed to be, that, that's a punishment? Really? Okay. I would love to have that. Keep spending that, motherfucker. <laughs> Thank you so much for the donation, Hannibal. Uh, David, uh, you're, you're still on it. I don't get you. I'm going to put you back on hold or try to give a call back in. Uh, maybe a bad connection on the phone. Let's go to area code 202. 202. What's going on, 202? Hello. Check. Oh, no, it's probably me now. It's if if uh if two people if two fo if two uh two calls aren't working, it must be me not them. So uh yeah, I have to I have to agree. It's got yeah. something to do with you right. Yeah, there. it has to. I, I I'm fucking it all up, Tony. I'm fucking it all up. Let me let me put you let me put you on hold there and figure figure this shit out. Uh, let me ask Tony a question and then we'll uh and then we'll and then we'll I'll try to figure out what's going on with the phone lines. 
So, uh, here we go. Isn't Arya too damn short to put on Sansa's face yet? Hi, everyone. My name is Gildan from Seattle. I have two questions. First, would this episode have been more impactful if we had lost a main character tonight? Tony, would it have been a better episode if we had lost, a, like, more of a main character? You know, it comes down to, as I just said, you're killing people off and he does it in the books. But this is a business on TV. And you're killing off famous people, people that people want to see, people, the reason why people kill people, watch the show, right? And now I know that Phil does a lot of The Walking Dead stuff and everything else. And there's a couple of times the main character of The Walking Dead should be dead. But you can't kill them off because these are the people that get tuned in to see. So this is the, the deal. This is the difference. Will they follow along with George R. R. Martin just kill these people off or will they keep them alive? As we've seen, we have Bron, a character who's doing outstanding things. I don't understand how he's doing all these things, but the fans love him. So he's got to be or, or he's got a video of, of Dan and Dave doing something that, that keeps <laughs> something. I don't know, but something's going on there, Bron. So, yes, they should have killed more people. When you have a mission, a suicide mission like this. Half the people have to die. You have to kill. You can't bring in secondary characters that everyone knows are going to die. That doesn't affect anybody. Yes, we know why you're bringing them. We know why there's hoods on their head. Because they don't matter. You have to get rid of somebody. And I think that no doubt the Tormund should have died. They, they set it up for him to die. But then you say, if he dies, who is John's? Who are we going to look at the Wildlings? What, what, who is the established contact to back up Tormund from the Wildlings? And that's the reason why he can't die. But some of these guys, they should have got rid of these people. They should have killed people off. There's no way to kill Gendry off because he has to do a run back. So they had no choice to kill him off. So who are we left with? They died. Beric. Beric has to do something else. They kept him alive for a reason. So he's there for a reason. He's not dead yet. The Hound. There's no way to kill him the Hound. Is the Hound the next Hellboy? I think so. I, I think he is, Roy. I think he's playing Hellboy. Is he I, really? I, I, haven't, I haven't heard that. That would be, I didn't know there. I mean, that bothers me a little just because Ron Perlman was so fucking good in that role, but I, I could see him doing a good job in that role as well. I, I do believe I think he is the next Hellboy. I do. I think he's playing Hellboy. But, uh, you know, you, you can't, there's no one else to kill off. You're not going to kill off Jory. You just brought, brought him back from Danny. He did that. There's no way to kill him off. So when you look at the situation, it's obvious why I didn't kill the people off, but yes, they should have killed off at least half of them. Everyone in the live chat is agreeing with you. We have King McKay, who was with us last week on the live stream, did an awesome job in his very first live stream. Lots of love to King McKay in the live motherfucking chat right now. Uh, hey, chat, how about you motherfuckers? You guys are fucking awesome. Thank you so much, damn red shirts. Uh, but I definitely agree with that. And I think, let's see if the phone lines are quick or fixed. Be prepared for another little silence thing, but let me see if I fix them. And if uh, they aren't working, we'll just go to uh, people leaving voicemails. So let's go to area code 479. Are you on the air by chance, 479? 479, hello. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry that the phone lines are fucked in the butt. So if people want to call in uh, right now, please call in at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. And leave a voicemail for us instead. Sorry. sorry. Yeah, I wish we could have talked to people live, but that's what happens. Technical difficulties. Technical man. difficulties fucking happen. Sorry about that, guys. 
So we'll, we'll go to the voicemails in a second. Uh, the second part of the question was, it would be fine if John and Danny would end up together regardless if they knew they were related. Okay, where do you stand on that uh, as we're leading in? As I think most people that are watching the show right now think that the signs are obviously pointing to John and Danny eventually having some... Uh, having some uh, sex here and in, uh, in, in their relationship. Do you think John will be boning Danny anytime soon? And how do you feel about that? I mean, there was no way around it. When you look at from the first book was written that this is what was going to happen. I know people like to say George R. R. Martin is not cliche, but you have to build the story. You have to build the book a certain way. There's no way around it that is going. And you know, further proof, and you can have is, is Dan and Dave themselves because they, 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 though they have a lot of money, they are pretty petty. All right. So they specifically said that they made the character Jon Snow have a small dick because Kit Harrington was getting too much props. Right. So that means he's hitting the hottest chick in the show. Right. Because he's getting too much props. He's getting, he has everything. They got mad about it that he had it all. They said that specifically. That's why they made that character have a small dick, you know, and that's why they had Tormund point that shit out. That's what they did. They, you know, fucking with their boy, Kit Harrington's their boy. They fucking with him on, on TV, playing practical jokes. That's like a, that's like a teabag on TV. <laughs> you can't teabag me. <laughs> Don't do it. I warn you. I tell you, I kill you. But, you know, that's what they did to him. You know, they fucking with their boy. You know, that's, that's the way it is. So, that's the way I see that whole situation. <laughs> so, yes, Walking David, please leave us a voicemail. Here's a voicemail from Antoine Thomas. Let's listen to this. Hello, Phil. This is Antoine. Um, I have to agree with Tony Teflon when he says something about um, too many people getting killed. Like I said, you should go back to the books and... Uh, and I agree with with him. and to see all these people killed and everything, I have to say, Tony, good for you. You told them off. That's why I like you, boy. <laughs> That's what it is, man. It's a good, good. You know, I like the man. He's got a good name. You know what I mean? And, and, and I have to agree with him on that because he agreed with me. And not just because he agreed with me, but it shows that the man is very smart. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, sounds exactly. Like, exactly. Sounds I always... like, sounds like he's a member of Onyx from my favorite <laughs> rap group of all time. Sounds like he's one of them cats. So big up to you, homeboy. That's what it is, man. And let's go to, this is a text from Antoine. Uh, Tony Teflon, will jo Daenerys and John overthrow Cersei at the end of this season? Holy shit. If that is, if that, listen, if that's what happens, this is like a Super Mario Brothers game, right? I mean, I mean, really, right? I mean, Cersei's Bowser. Yes, definitely Bowser. This is what that's what it would be, right? John's Mario. We got Prince. We got Princess Peach. Peach Targaryen. There, we got. Listen, I can't see it going down. That's a little too much. I can't see it going down like that. I hope it doesn't. I, if it can go down anyway, like I can pick, predict a way for it to go down the way I would want it to go down. And the way I want it to go down is not the way I want him to write it. I want him to write it his way. And I'll accept whatever ending he gives me. But I would like Cersei to still end up on the Iron Throne. Let Jon Snow be forced to marry her. 
that would be more realistic, you know, that the bad guys still win and good guys still win. It's an even trade-off like that. You have Danny and John. You know how people, how many people would be pissed off if John Snow married Cersei and they, and they see John Snow with Cersei on the eye throw that she was pregnant at the end of the series? <laughs> people would lose their fucking mind, but they talk about it for the rest of their lives. People talk about that more than the Sopranos ending. Uh, don't stop believing. Do you think Benjen is really working for the Night King? Says area code two two one five. I don't think Benjen's really working for the Night King. No. Uh, you know, I think in the books it's, it could be a different situation, but in the show, because obviously we see Cole Hand is not Benjen in the books. We've seen no. uh, when George R. R. Martin specifically uh, publisher asked the question, George R. R. Martin shot that right down. So it's, so it's different in the book. So in, in the show now. Uh, Broke says, fuck, I will be fucking upset. I want to bang. Uh, I want to bag Cersei, says Broke Black Man. Uh, why won't you just <laughs> die? Why won't you just die, Jon Snow? Stay away from my Cersei. Bro, bro, you that's... can't be talking about bagging no one when your first name is Broke. <laughs> you can't do it. I mean, you, you, you can't go from Broke. I'm a bag, you shorty. What's your name? Broke Black Man. How's that going to work? How does that work? I can't see it going down like that. You know what I mean? I, I, I mean, if a chick came to me and I said, Shorty, what's your name? And she was like, Bad Pussy, Bad Pussy Betty. Fuck you, Bad Pussy Patty. Or whoever your name is. I can't fuck with you. This would work. Broke says uh, Cersei's broke too, so they have they have they, he has a way in there. And uh, Felicia, welcome Felicia, welcome uh, Vala Morgolis, welcome Antoine, Sandy Stark. Oh, no, you're fucking amazing in the live chat. It's fucking a pleasure to get to talk to you guys tonight, and it's awesome to have Tony finally on and have a couple of drinks with Tony and uh, talk to you, awesome fucking people, about this episode. We got a, a couple more voicemails to play, a couple more texts, and some more messages. So let's get to this stuff. Let's go to Leslie from Chicago. Phil, what annoyed me about the episode is that a dragon had to die to prove to the queen that fucks her brother that the White Walkers exist. Dragons are a weapon that can be useful to defeat the White Walkers and their army, but now the Night King has one. I cannot imagine how the living side will win the night, uh, win if the Night uh, gets a hold of another dragon. Will the Night King get another dragon or before this is over with? No sense of him getting another dragon. There's no other person. Uh, there's Ride the Dragon. But I will say that when he did his javelin toss, he did remind me of Revenge of the Nerds. It's the first thing I thought of when I seen the javelin toss. Of Lamar? Yeah. Lamar's yeah. throw? No doubt about it. That's the first thing I thought about it, you know, when I seen a man do, it, do his thing. But I did think that the way the guy handed it to him was fucking off the hook. Because he just walked down, his man just pulled it off the saddle and was like, here you go, bro. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I got this. Right yeah, he here. just comes in the expression on his face, too. He's like, yeah, here's this fucking shit. Yeah. He just gives yeah, it to you go. You know, it reminded me of, like, back in the day when I was younger, we used to do crazy stuff. You know, in streets of Queens, New York, we used to take our Roman candles after the, and shoot them at each other. But after <laughs> we shot the Roman candles at each other, we used to put bottle rockets in the empty cartridge and light it and shoot those at each other. And it just felt like that. It felt like a situation going down like that, like someone handed me the Roman candle, like, yeah, I'm going to shoot this dude with the whistle off. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm catching with them and getting shot with a bottle rocket hurts no it fucking hurts dude it fucking hurts <laughs> bad like those little snap pops having like people squeezing them in your fucking air ears and shit like that and, uh fun fun times being a kid's awesome so uh so let's go to, over to uh 
fuck. We're over to this question right here, area code 317. Hey, Phil, I thought the episode was poor, but I still like this season despite it being rushed. I think one of the reasons why some people thought it was such a disappointing episode was because not only was it poor, but it was also the dreaded penultimate episode. We've been we've had bad episodes in the past, but none have been the penultimate episode before. Expectations were heightened. The hype was there. It just didn't deliver for most people. Looking forward to moving on to the next episode, Joe from Indiana. So the, uh, just go on that question. Uh, what are some of the things you're hoping for that could really fucking make you excited in next week's episode? It's hard because... I- as we all know, the last episode of the season is always just, a, just like the first episode of the season. So I don't really think that they can do a lot because they're going to have to touch on a bunch of places. It won't be as many places because they're all together. So I don't know how much they can truly do unless they start killing people rapidly. Yep. They have yep. to kill. Like when you look at the expectations of the episode and since they set it up from – and when you – you know, you have a trend, a pattern that you start from the beginning of the season that episode nine is the money episode of the year. And you look at every episode nine leading up to this, and this is what this is equivalent as. It's the worst episode nine of all time. It's not even close to it. When, you, when you're coming from the battle, the bastards, hard home, I think, was skipped the back. They pushed it back trying to over people, Blackwater, um, um, the, the Red Wedding. And then you compare all those episodes that we got to this. This is terrible. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that maybe they'll change it up. And because of the changing form of the seven episodes next week might be, might surprise us. But they took a lot of shit, Phil. Before the season started, every episode, go, go, go. Especially episode episode. nine, the director, someone said, uh, I was listening to someone that said this earlier, uh, like someone hyped up the the episode we just saw as the, uh, that's going to be a better battle than anything. It's going to be the greatest thing ever and all that sort of stuff. So, so it's, uh, but the best thing in the world is lowered expectations. Just when you think someone, just when you think a fighter's uh, done, that's when he's at his most dangerous. So Game of Thrones might fucking knock us out next week. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best in next week's episode. I'm hoping you're, for the you're, best. You're, you're doing the Eddie Murphy cracker yep. routine right here, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's almost what I was doing. <laughs> Yeah, you hoping it? You hoping it's yeah, rich? Yeah. I'm stopping. I'm saying it's the greatest rich I ever had in my whole life. Yeah, exactly. I use that all the time. There's gems of that. If you're starving for a long time in the de- in in the desert, and someone hands you a cracker, it's going to be the best cracker you've had in your whole life. And exactly. and I think for for what it's worth, to uh, not go easy on it, but Game of Thrones. For the people, for the people that are way into the show, the people that are watching us right now, fucking 120 people that are watching us right now talking about Game of Thrones and all the other people that are watching other other people and checking out videos or whatever. We're so passionate, so invested in how both the book series and the television series end. So we're so critical, so focused on it and, and so and like you said, they hype this stuff up so much that it's going to be so awesome. Our expectations are in a next fucking level. And I'm not saying this episode, we're judging this episode unfairly. But all I'm saying is, as when you, if someone's telling you something's awesome, it's the greatest thing in the world, you're going to, at least me, just unconsciously, I'm like, yeah, it fucking better be. Fucking, but if you, if you lower, if I lower my expectations and I don't expect much, I'm constantly surprised. Let me ask you this question, Phil, and ask all y'all people in the motherfucking chat out here watching this right now. Truthfully answer this question if you can. Do it. 
How many great shows have you seen in your lifetime that ended great? Okay, that ended great. Um, I would say right off the bat that that comes off to mind is Breaking Bad. And that would that would be number one, and that's the that that's that's a tough one. All the other great shows, The Sopranos. People, we were talking about this a little bit on the other night in the podcast too. The Sopranos was very very great, even up until the end. Six six A suck shit with the Kevin Finnery shit. Other than Soprano home movies, all of six A kind of sucked. Six B was really good up until the ending that. Some people loved, some people hated, but it wasn't a conclusively awesome ending. So Sopranos are out. The Wire, as much as The Wire, and I, The Wire is an excellent show from beginning to end. But even that, I would say the last season is the is inarguably the weakest of all the seasons for me. And I think it ends the way they end it with McNulty, the kind of decisions that McNulty needs to make and go out of character a little bit. And the focus on the press is a little kind of weaker. And The Wire was never the type of show that would have a big ending. But some people could argue The Wire has, an, has a good ending, and that could be another one because it's a day in the life. I would say Star Trek The Next Generation has a good ending. Uh, but, but even Deep Space Nine doesn't have the best ending. I'd say, to Tony's point, How I Met Your Mother sucked in the ending. Uh, It's tough for a show to end good. Endings are fucking tough. Darn. So all the shows you watched out of all the years of your life, Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, whatever it was back in the day, Facts of Life, whatever it was, if you look at these shows, 90210, whatever you watched, these shows don't end well, great shows. And those aren't even great ones, but those are hits. Cheers. I mean, Cheers ended good. That was another one. That kind of ended Cheers, good. Cheers did end good. And it's hard to do that. So we might wind up with that, people. And that's what I want to explain to you. It could happen. Don't think that you're going to get what you want. It could be not. It could be the ending that we get, but the ending we get may not be the ending that you're looking for. Yep. It could be lost. Let's yep. hope it's not. But it could be. These aren't the ending you're looking at, looking for. Uh, Big E says, didn't like the Sopranos ending. What's up, Phil, in the motherfucking chat? Dang, Tony, you're breaking my heart, says uh, Big, or no, says, uh, uh, says Shannon. Dang, Tony, you're breaking my heart, but it's so fucking true. Uh, American Horror Story, first season horror, uh, ended up. Broke, broke Black Man says, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air ended good. Uh, most shows suck after two or three seasons. Except Omar, oh, no, don't don't talk, don't. I don't want to talk about Omar. Ba- Black Sales. I've never watched Black Sales, but people say that was a good uh, ending. Uh, so yeah, it's it's tough. Ending ending shows is very difficult. Breaking that's what makes Breaking Bad so awesome. Some people could even argue that the en- ending of Breaking Bad gets a little pulpy and cheesy at the ending, but I fucking love it. I think it hits hits home and and does what it needs to do at the end there and escalate to what Vince Gilligan. Uh, set out to do, which was turn Mr. Chibs into Scarface. He needed to escalate it and keep escalating it to the point where Walter when he went where he was. The Sopranos is an interesting case that if the actress that played Livia didn't die, that possibly could have been a great ending if they ended with the original ending, which I think was Tony going to kill his mother or something like that, which was how David Chase initially imagined a, a big end point because she was the true nemesis of Tony. It was never any other mafia person. So when they brought in Phil Liasato later in the series, it was a little, uh, it was, it, it just, it seemed like a different kind of show, but. Uh, but anyways, no, uh, sorry, uh, r- wrong show, wrong show, Tony. We, we... Yeah, I, no, I, I, The Sopranos was a great show. I love The Sopranos. The problem, the ending was terrible. Uh, you know, when I look at The Sopranos, when you look at everybody there, you look at, except for Bobby Bacala, 
or whatever how you pronounce that. Tony killed everybody in his own crew. Yeah, he did. <laughs> uh, or or uh, Silvio too. Silvio too. Yeah, but besides that, he he's the one. That, he was the most dangerous person to his own crew, yep, especially by the end. And and that's what ended up happening in season six when he just became a different kind of person altogether. And they it was part of David Chase as a creator being creating a character that was an iconic television character that people would love and have. Oh yeah, he's oh we love Tony Soprano. And they would be like fuck, they love Tony Soprano. I want to show you how sick of a fuck Tony Soprano really can be. Okay, so getting back to Game of, Game of Thrones here because uh, and I'll have Tony on later on a Sopranos discussion because we definitely could do this and uh, let's get let's listen to this call from David and then we're going to take Jay's call so let's listen to the walking David yo Phil it's the walking David hey I just wanted to say that you and this tones guy it's a good combo I fucking like that combo hey I'll take a number one you guys are fucking number one you get it because you're a combo anyways <laughs> like I was fucking saying and all of my shit is that I swear to God if they do another fucking Grey Worm and the Sunday bullshit scene, you know, the next thing that better happen after that is Grey Worm gets a spear right in the nub, all right? Because I'm fucking tired of this. That or Masande loses the tits. I know. Nobody wants those nice tits gone, but they got to go. Okay, he's got a nub. She can't have any tits. It's just not fair. <laughs> also, no more of this bullshit scene. Hey, you know what? He got he got cut off here, but uh, but fucking uh, I think that was Joe Dirty. Great worm with Sande. If I was in his situation, I'd stick my belly button in her. You know, it, it wouldn't matter what I I do whatever <laughs> she, my nose, my earlobe, whatever, she, any way she likes. Do whatever I can do. I'm like, take this ear and shove it. Whatever, whatever you gotta do, you got to do whatever you know what to I mean? get, whatever to get there. And let's listen to uh, De uh, let's listen to Jay's voicemail right now. Let's Okay, first of all, I disagree with Tony, uh, Tesslon. I don't think that any one of them should have died. Tony has to, has to still get with Brian. All of those people still have, um, story arcs to keep going with, and that's why they shouldn't die. And I don't want this story to be like it was in the beginning, where we still are killing music characters. We use that formula. Jon Snow and Tyrion and Danny would die, and Arya would die, and then I would just not care about the show anymore. So I'm glad we're out of that formula and we're in the last two seasons. So we no longer have the all the characters. Can that also, it makes it uh, more intriguing now because when the first, when the show started, the fact that every character could die was the intriguing part. Now everybody knows that. So the fact that you actually had miraculous saves becomes more intriguing because that's because that becomes the unexpected at this point. So is it like the double and triple agent thing, Tony? Do you have a response to uh, Jay's call there? I think he's right on the money with this call right here. You know, it, it's to that point right now where you can't kill. The number one thing when you watch Game of Thrones season one and you've seen Sean Bean die or you read the books and you've seen Ned Stark die, you said anyone can go at any time. And that still is possible in the books. But when dealing with a TV show, can't do that no more. It's there's no way to do it. If you if you look at any major TV show, anyone on television, they just you can't kill off your stars like that and continue to survive in this game. It's no way it can be done. Like I know Phil he does the, the Walking Dead. I know Joe is mad about it. What what season did Joe turn flip uh jump the Stark for, for Joe? 
Um, I think it started, or I think for both of us, we started to go down the dark path with the Glenn thing was a big point because then it started to become obvious with Tyrese, the way Tyrese got killed because he was looking at pictures and decided to be stupid for a second. There just kept being point after point that if a main character is going to die, it's because they have to act stupid for a reason. And, uh, and if not, then it's the main character superpowers that can get them through. And I, I would agree with you. And there's some shows that even wanted to do things like that, like a show like Heroes, for instance, uh, one really great season, then a lot of shit that came after. The original thought was, oh, we're going to do one season of one set of characters, one season of another set of characters, one season of another set of characters. But they couldn't do that. You keep bringing back the same characters over and over again. You reboot a show, you know, you just keep bringing back characters because... Television is a star-driven medium when it comes down to it, and there's very few shows that aren't necessarily dependent on the actors playing the format, and you can't get away with it. Like, a show like 24, not the best show in the world, but works with Kiefer Sutherland because it's Kiefer Sutherland. When you try the same format with other people, it's not going to work. I don't care how good of an actor the person is or how good a person it is. It's just not going to work because certain formats work because of the actor or the performer doing it. Mm -hmm, no doubt about it. If you take a show, any show, take Cheers, for example, all right? First season, they kill off Norm. You can get over that. You can get over they kill off Cliff the next season. But when you start getting into these other characters, Sam, Diane, Rebecca, are you going to keep watching if they're gone? They got really lucky in the sense that Woody that no that Woody Harrelson was as funny as he was because yeah. because coach was so much of an important part but then they just lucked the fuck out with Woody Harrelson coming off uh, Wildcats or wherever he was he just coming happened out. to pass away coach they didn't have no yeah. plans to no, get rid of it no 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 cuz he cuz he would have been uh, and and they just and they needed somebody else that could play that kind of character and he just filled in absolutely Ooh, perfectly he did. what what I really thought that was the way he was in real life until I seen him in like a natural born killers that's yeah. really yeah. When I started looking at Woody Harrelson in a different light, if I would have ran into him in the street, I would have thought he was Woody. Yeah, after, was, up until that point, he was like, you know, he's like in Wildcats or something like that and a couple of other things. And he just always was playing the same kind of whatever character. And then he bust out in like People versus Larry Flint and in Natural Born Killers and just was like, holy shit, Woody Harrelson's a fucking kick-ass actor. And he's, he's one of the best parts of that first season of uh, A True Detective with him and um, McConaughey. It, but, uh, it's, it, that, that's the only thing that really worked when you look at that is the first season of yep. Detective. <laughs> it was just oh, too much. Oh, they, they had too much expectations, I think, to go on. Yeah, was, uh, but the, with the way they wanted to do it, it was a good concept, but I just don't think it was doable. For so them. let's take another yeah. voicemail here. Hey, Phil, name's Trey. Um, I'm wondering about the Night King and... Uh, I'm wondering, maybe he cares about the other whites, and that's the reason why he killed Drogon's brother instead of Drogon. Do you think that's a possibility at all, or do you think that the Night King is just this bad guy that just wants to kill? Um, it seems to me like the reason why he would kill uh, Dragon other than Drogon would be because he was pissed off that the one that he killed was the one that was actually um you know taking out the most whites do you think that was more of a tactical decision or do you think oh, that do you think there was any tactical reason or any specific reason why he took out that dragon 
No, I mean, when you this is another reason why people hate the episode or say bad things about it because you have Drogon right in front of you, but yet you want to throw it at the dragon that's flying by and shooting. Now, if if that's the case and that's what they wanted the show writers want to say to justify the action with this caller just said, then I can understand it, but that what isn't the way it was written. There's no way they wrote it that way. Impossible. Uh, not not the way it went down, and, and that's just a plot hole that the, that the show is just allowing to happen that it didn't have to allow to happen. But I guess at that particular time they wanted to show these guys jump on the dragon's back and almost fall off the dragon and never-ending story. You know, I, it, this is what happens. You know what I mean? When you, when you see situations like this in these shows, they all basically turn to the same things that people want to see. The majority of people want to see and the majority of people that watch the show aren't book readers now do you think in the show it will the night king have any other motivation will we find out any other motivation from him other than i want to kill everybody will we will he have another agenda on the show only if he's got another identity that we're not seeing yeah and that's the only way if it's not then it's no not at all but if it is because you know, when we see that the the, the 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 clip of the children of the forest turning this guy into what is perceivably the Night's King, we don't know that that's the Night's King because they don't show anything that makes him a knight. They only show the eyeball turn. It could just be a White Walker. So only way it works is if it's a different identity for the Night's King. Excellent. Oh, we got a very, very important question from the live chat for you. Antoine Thomas asks, Phil, ask Tony Teflon, would he be with Marjorie Tyrell? Could he handle a night with Natalie Dormer? Could you, could you, Tony? <laughs> I, <laughs> I just, sorry, sorry for the underhanded uh, lob balls with no, the whiffle ball. Are you crazy? Could she handle a night with me would be the, 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 more of the issue. I don't think that she would, I, I don't think she could take three strokes. I'd break that little chicken half. It w- wouldn't even happen. Now, I mean, that's the way I see it, but no, I, mean, I, I, would, I would wreck a yes, yes, I could handle a night with her. I, I, I'm black. I like big boobies. I dealt with a lot bigger chicks than that, that little girl. I throw her up in the air and catch her. <laughs> So let's go to a message that we have from uh, from uh, from Patrick, uh, Patrick Hannibal. Let's listen to Hannibal. Hey, man, what's up? It's Hannibal. I was just thinking one quick thing, right? Cersei's pregnant. I want to see how much fucking wine she drinks. She's going to drink like a fucking Irishman through this pregnancy. She's going to have a fucking... Amazonian fucking chameleon kid coming out of her fucking system at the end of this shit. So if she's pregnant, I don't believe her. But that's that's what I gotta say, dude. Do you where does that come from? The pregnancy thing. Do you believe that she's really pregnant? Cersei Lannister. I mean, I I would think that why bring it up if 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 she if she's not why why would they even say it you know they ha- they said it for a reason and i don't think it's going to end well for it because they said it you know you got to look at the situation they're saying stuff to devastate people that set you up for something else to to pull the you know it's the bait and switch the used car salesman tactic and that's the bottom line they're bringing it up they're bringing it up for a reason we already heard Danny say she can't get have babies. These are her babies and all this. And these dragons are her babies. 
it's the same parallels going to be with Cersei Lannister. This is the same situation that's going to go down with her. And that's the way I think the show is running. So we got another shorter message from Patrick. Let's play, let's play that too and see what he had to say here. Uh, that was so hot. I have no idea what the fuck I was going to say. So <laughs> there you go, Phil. Dude, the dude, I you, I don't know how many times I'm sure it's happened to Tony too, where where you're about to talk on one of these live streams and you're like, what the fuck was that? And then, then you're just like deer in the headlights mode. You're like, yeah, yeah, I know totally what I'm saying. So it happens, dude. I totally fucking relate. No doubt about it. You know, it goes down like that sometimes. Sometimes you freeze up. Sometimes you drink too much. But you can't perform that night. But he came right back the next day on another call right afterwards and totally delivered on our last call. So you fucking made up for the ne the next time. So we got another call from David. Listen to David responding to I think you mentioning The Walking Dead. His name is The Walking David, after all. Let's do this. Phil, Tony, it's The Walking David. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but Hot Pie has barely been in this season. What if he's the key to all of this? What if it is fucking Hot Pie, you guys? It might be Hot Pie. He looks just like a young Robert Baratheon in the show. He's got <laughs> black hair. He does. And he clearly shows allegiance to the Starks when he makes those stupid fucking pastries for Arya. Stupid And why pastries. didn't he make that pastry for Arya this time around? Huh? Why? Is that symbolism? Does that mean something? It means what everything. Get back to me. I'll, I'll be here waiting. David, I think it means everything. Tony, what does it all fucking mean? I think that high pie, I like this walking David dude. I like, like the impressions he does. I see him on your show and watch his own stuff when he does it and stuff like that in case you didn't know. Yes, the Don does follow you and watch you. Listen, I would think that high pies is a deliverance situation. That's the only place he can go. There's no other place for high pie to go. You sure got a pretty mouth, Tony. You sure got a pretty mouth. There's no way Hot Pot Pie can go. If he go off into the woods, he better watch himself out there. He better watch himself. That's the only way I can see going down for Hot Pie. The Oh, it's happening! It's fucking happening! It's 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 going down. Oh, sorry, sorry. I uh, I was I was late on this. Where where is it? Uh... I actually have a ban or I thought I had. I had a banjo sound effect, but I, I think I took it. I think. Oh no! Here it is. Here it is. Here it is, Tony. Sorry, I was I was late on it. <laughs> good, good enough. Good enough. Yeah, the pie that was promised, everybody. The pie. You gotta, you gotta work for the gravy, right? <laughs> So let's take. I think this is another message from our buddy Jay. Let's take this voicemail right now. Okay, um, and I also wanted to say uh, that I don't like that Viserion died. That was Tyrion's dragon. It was bullshit that they killed that one. If I had written this show, I would have made it so that for no reason at all, Masande went with Daenerys. That way, somebody could kill off Masande. That serves as an important death to Daenerys to make her want to go to fight the army of the dead because the Viserion death basically, Viserion is basically a martyr to Daenerys so that she can have a personal stake in wanting to stop the Night King now. 
So I would have made that personal mistake to Sunday, and since that would have also been a personal mistake <laughs> to Grey Worm, it uh, it serves it. it uh, you're in you're in dragon denial, Jay. You you just I mean it it I think essentially the dragon was the right thing to have her lose in that situation for her to realize it was a big threat. We, she I know you're you're going to disagree with this, Jay, but she did need to face some sort of big defeat of some kind and lose something and 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 this amps up the enemy as well. I don't I as much as Masande dying would hurt her. I don't think it hurts her as much as one of her kids dying. When you when you deal with people, watching TV shows and everything else, especially people in this world, this world that that we don't know that dragons never existed. People love fucking dragons in this world. People all ages, all colors, all sides. They love fucking dragons. They love them. This is John Wick's dog, right? Daenerys don't have a dog. This is John Wick's dog to Daenerys, right? You done, you done killed her dragon, and you've made everyone sad that the dragon died. So the dragon had to go. And when you look at, and I've said this before, anything to dealing with the White Walkers, if they never had an ice dragon, this is why I always thought they would have a dragon, they're not a threat. They're really not a threat without that. If you just have fire and, and dragon glass, they're pretty easy to beat. You could wipe them right up. They had to have something, the equalizer, and that has to be another dragon. And they need to establish that they can take down one of da Daenerys' dragons. In concept, I understand why you need to have a situation like this. Whether in execution I thought it was properly done, and I thought it was maybe, oh, how can we make this done a little bit too, like, on the on a on a chart, like, planning out the season-y kind of thing kind of things of like we need to get here so we need to do this to get to here instead of making it a natural kind of thing uh but i think essentially the event needed to happen to have daenerys lose a dragon to have her face that kind of loss and and us the audience to face that kind of loss the people that were into this the people that felt this scene really were emotionally affected i had a couple people emailing me or sending me messages like yeah fuck you for shit i got it i was fucking emotional during that part uh because i said something like oh fuck who was i just didn't feel emotion that i wanted to feel in that part but i think the the reason the the thing we were supposed to feel in this dreaded episode nine was the loss of the dragon the holy shit this dragon that we followed since the end of season one essentially has has died it, it was dramatic when it, it fell was it was. it was dramatic it was really i think it would have been more dramatic if they would have emphasized the colors of the dragon yep. throughout the seasons and, and tell who the fuck dragon was when it went really when it went down in the water tony and in past seasons if we had got to know the dragons better and that could have been fixed with more scenes with Tyrion and the dragons in season six with him yeah. actually spending time so we learn that the other two dragons have individual personalities that we learn that Viserion's the nice one that we're that the sweetest one that we actually establish that on the show that that's that dragon's personality or uh or you know, I think in the books at some point she like calls the calls the Viserion lazy or some shit like that or so, like uh because he doesn't like to hunt with the other two or something like the, they each of the dragons has a personality and I feel like that was lost and it could have been established with people said that Tyrion didn't have enough to do in season six I, I said this a couple 
times. That's how you give him more to do in season six. You have him using his dragon knowledge to communicate with the other two dragons and just develop an intellectual relationship with them rather than anything else, specifically maybe focused on Viserion, so that when you lose him this season, it means, and this is just selfishly for me, it means more because we know him more as a character. And I feel like right now, as you said, if you didn't know or people didn't say it, it would be hard to figure out which of the two other ones it was. We just knew it wasn't Drogon. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And a lot of people think that that's Tyrion's dragon because in the books, we see the piece with Tyrion with the white side-ass dragon piece and it has blood and it. it looks like it's got blood in the, in the grooves of it. And that's why people think, oh, it's got blood. Tyrion's got the blood, white side-ass dragon. Tyrion's got the blood of the dragon. He's going to be riding the dragon. But I guess the white dragon is what it was, the white dragon and the blood in it because it was dead and it was going to die. And that's the Night's King's dragon. I guess that's what it truly means, not the Tyrion thing. And I also said this the night of the show, and I'll say it again. Visually, it looked really awesome. Besides uh, when it hit, the, the way the fire took over the dragon scale and the dragon fell, that was a fucking sick visual. And uh, the the yeah, it was it was great. It was it was well well put together from that standpoint. Oh, we got a super chat donation from the Lude Dragon. Am I the only one who thought the white bear looked like one of those scary ass showbiz pizza characters back in the day? Wasted money. I I, I was actually I thought the bear looked pretty pretty menacing, but I definitely get what you're saying. That's fucking funny, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know the bear was. Ah. I don't even know if I liked it or I didn't like it. I just don't know what I don't know what to think about it. I just. The sound design was really awesome in that part. Like, like yeah, when yeah. the when the red shirt got grabbed and the bear as a force of nature creature was uh, was done pretty well. Oh, I have to spin the wheel. I forgot to spin the wheel for the first one. And then Erin donated ten dollars for Super Chat too. She said, "Spin the wheel, Tony. You are always sexy." And we got. Well, thank you, baby. Uh, I appreciate that. We got uh, the Lou Dragon. You got. Uh, your pick, so you get to pick anything on the wheel, take a shot, uh, uh, take a bite of a sandwich for me, whatever you want to, uh, me to do, take a drink or something like that. And for you, uh, Aaron, here's your spin of the motherfucking wheel. Thank you so much for joining us tonight in this live chat. You guys are awesome. We got a great fucking audience right now watching us live, and it's fucking, and you guys in the live motherfucking chat make the fun. We got a couple more voicemails we're going to get to here and some more uh some more messages i'm keeping tony longer than i uh told him just no, because keep I'm it going i said to you before we started I, i'm yeah. here baby yeah i'm I'm, I'm, ha I'm having fun i'm i'm doing that point and you know in the in the boxing movies where it's like you want to go on the fight yeah boxing, this is fight week right here yeah, yeah it is, is it's fight week. this weekend it's actually happening we'll talk a little bit about that at the end maybe get a give uh give give us uh, we've talked about it a little bit on your channel but we'll give a couple predictions Let's give a little mayweather mcgregor prediction so stick yeah. around yeah, we'll this is big at... fight week, and we want your predictions on that too. Yeah, yeah, Who's gonna... gonna win the big fight? Yeah, Mayweather gonna... McGregor. Yeah, yeah both, uh, both of them because they're getting paid a ridiculous amount of money. But uh, but here we go. Let's listen to this voicemail right here. Yo, Phil, this is Timmy from the motherfucking chat. Now, here's the thing when Bran warred in all the ravens and they went over the wall and they spied on the Night's King and the army, the Night's King and the White Walkers were on the island that our uh, Snotion's Eleven group fucking fought on <laughs> and the army was around there. So I'm thinking this whole thing was just a trap, a setup to get to get himself a dragon. So he does have some sort of green sight or whatever the hell that shit is. Um, also, 
For all the people out there that have such a problem with the chains, they got it from Hard Home. They got the fucking chains from Hard Home. And how they got it on the dragon, motherfuckers went down there. The Night King was like, put some motherfucking chains around them. And then the rest of the guys hoisted the bitch up. So there we go. <laughs> That's my thoughts. See you in the chat, bitches. <laughs> what do you guys say about that caller, Tony? Any, any call? You know, yeah, I, I got to agree with a lot of these things he said. And, and this is what you want to say. When you have to explain certain situations to people, this is what's going to get people not to like the episode and things like that. Like, they came up with these big-ass chains. How did he get these chains? He kind of fought. The fact that I have to think back, people don't want to think back. Not what Americans are everyone want to do. They want to know straight off the bat how it happened. You know what I mean? Did they have to have him go into the water? They didn't. So I, I th But I think they had to do the, the, the Battle of Ice, and this is basically... We're going to see this same type situation with Stannis Baratheon in the Winterfell Battle of the Bastards with the Battle of Ice type situation. We'll see that. And they definitely took that from that. So I think they wanted to use that for dramatic effect. And they said, how are we going to get him out? We're going to put some change in there and have mm. him pull him out. Yeah. But they should have known that dealing with these book fucking fans who are crazy and they want to know every detail. They got mad at George R. R. Martin for changing the eye color of a horse. <laughs> you know, and he wrote the books and he said, oh, fuck it, I fucked up. <laughs> you know, so if, if that's what they're going to do to him, what do you think they're going to do to someone adapting his shit? They're going to go write ape shit on it. And that's just the bottom line. But nah, he what he's saying is, is what it is. Like I said, if you're willing to overlook shit or figure shit out or why it should be like that, then it was an enjoyable epi episode. But it was no doubt a setup by the Night's King. He definitely has green seer ability. We see when Bran wargs other stuff that when a Night's King looks at him, birds and shit, he comes right out of it. So obviously there's something going on there, but it all is green seer ability. It aren't all these different powers and all these different religions they have different religions that are praying to different things, but they're all praying to the same thing. And that is the blood magic stuff that's going on with the children of the forest. So to go in the motherfucking chat for a second, Peter Griffin says the whites need a pay raise. Uh, at least $15 an hour, they'll have a union to draw or have a giant pull out Viserion. That's some tough work. The Night King uh, should walk to the lake and raise his arm and the dragon rose from the lake. That should have happened kind of like uh, Yoda or something like that. They've got the chains from the Heart Home Depot, says Valerie. Uh, hashtag Gendry Gump. Yes, because he was running. Uncle Benjamin. Uh, oh, we got Game uh, Game of Thrones theories with Marie in the live chat. I want it to be plausible. I don't think I'm expecting too much. Uh, people ignore things to just bitch about. That's why says uh, Gun Fu. Uh, Biog says why did uh, why didn't he just raise the dragon from underwater by raising his hands? Uh, Tom says I see you, Phil. Yeah, Tom. You know you know eating a sandwich right now. Lidlin says it was a setup. That's why the White Walker surprised when John and the rest amp. That's why the White Walker what didn't seem surprised when John and the rest ambushed him. Uh, they would have uh, been prepared for an ambush. You tried that, though. All I know is Benjamin's a horse is a beast. I mean, Benjamin was undead, so he didn't need food, but that horse was killer. So let's take another voicemail, and then we're going to go to a few more messages that we have from some people. And uh, this is Jay, I think, again. Uh, Tony, the reason I thought it was, I think it's uh, Tyrion's dragon, because I still think it's that way in the books, is that because the dragon... Um, a fire that scares like a hundred lions 
and uh, its wings are like made of gold, and the flame it's supposed to shoot out was like uh, red with like a gold hue, and Tyrion is supposed to be an imp and have all those deformities because of the Targaryen incest throughout all the years. That's why I think it's Tyrion's dragon. <laughs> all right, so base is that it right there? Yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I, I what he's saying is a hundred percent true. What what it's set up for and what it looks like in the books, it's supposed to be Tyrion's dragon. If you look at that, it's the smallest of all the dragons. It does say that it has a, a roar that was sudden a hundred lions running. Uh, it does have golden melting golden eyes, is what it's uh known as. It has all those things in which sets you up to believe that, but also it does say well, the dragon's color is cream it's referred to as the white dragon so yes it could have been set up that it should have been Tyrion's dragon but if the Night's King has taken it then Tyrion does not get his dragon it's the Night's King dragon so it could go both ways just like that and uh oh uh Hannibal if you uh if you're sending me stuff via that text message, unfortunately, Google Voice keeps telling me file type not supported. So I don't think it supports audio files, unfortunately. So if you're trying to send me an audio file, uh, email me it instead of sending and that, it. That gung fu works good. Watch Equilibrium. You see the gung kata. And this is from area code 317. Uh, hey, Phil. Oh, going off the recent caller or caller a few seconds ago, I think that they're saving off most of the main cast just to kill them off next season. The more main cast members alive, the easier promotion gets. Remember, Dan and Dave didn't want an extra season. HBO did. Dan and Dave wanted to finish it all this season. Might explain the blatant plot armor to keep these characters alive to the end game. And David Granger with a Super Chat donation. Hey, guys, dropped a voice chat as well. I'm loving the season so far. Here is a quick question. Do we actually think the Night King will die by John's hands or another step up and win? David Granger, here's a spin of the wheel. Will John be the one that eventually takes down the Night King? Tony? I think that, you know, it has to be. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we are set up right now for John and Danny to ride the dragons. And that's it. That's what we're going to see. And then we're going to see one of those dragons get dropped and John's going to get on Danny's dragon. This is what's going to happen. This is what it is. If you look at, and I've made a video on this, how the night Kings die. People don't know who I am. And you want to check out one of my videos, check it out how the night King dies. And I can explain it better in that video, but I'll give you the quick version of it. If you look at the first thing that we are introduced by the, the white walkers are, uh, they get into a fight with, with um, young, well, Royce, well, Waymar Royce. Mm -hmm. They give him a one-on-one -on -one fight. They have him surrounded. But instead, they fight him one-on-one -on -one because they respect the old ways. It shows you right then. That's where the White Walkers are. You hear Jon Snow, you can hear him in the show, tell Ramsey Bolton, we don't have to do this like all the old people. We can do this the old ways. All these people don't got to die. Just me and you. Ramsey doesn't accept it. Then you hear right now, you hear Jorah, I don't know how he knows it, but he says, hey, kill that one guy, and it's all over, the war's over. So it all sets up the one-on-one, -on -one, the old way between the Night's King and Jon Snow, and that's the way it's got to go down. 
Yeah, uh, I think so, too. I think especially on the show, that's the way it's going to end up going down. And uh, the per last person got drum fun or percussion friends, so hopefully this won't be too loud. Okay, that's it. It's it's late at night here, and I have people sleeping here, so I can't play loud noises. He can't, he can't do it. He's married now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't wake people up right now. I can't just start going. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I'm crazy. I once yeah, I played a, a a wipeout on a woman's booty before. <laughs> so it's very good too. Okay, so let's go to a couple more of the uh, the te the texter messages that we got. Um, uh, dun, dun, dun. isn't Arya just too damn short to put on Sansa's face and assumed her identity? Hi, oh fuck! Did I did I send the? Oh, here we go. I think I set myself the wrong file. I'm a fucking mess tonight, Tony. Even that situation, I think that's inconsistent with the faceless men that we've seen in the show. She'd be too short to do uh Walter Frey. She'd be too short to do anyone that we've seen. So I don't think that that's a factor, especially when we've seen. Arya's face on the faceless men and Jack and High's Gar's face on the different faceless men. I think they're all over the place with the faceless men. So I don't don't think we can really just take it literally. Just whatever happens, happens <laughs> and just go with it <laughs> when dealing with all the faceless men. Now, this is a question. Uh, does anyone else feel like Tyrion? And this is from Alan Bird. Does anyone else feel like Tyrion is playing Danny? I mean, he had a bad, uh, he had bad battle plans, which uh, which placed Danny at a disadvantage. Asking about her succession and uh, going to give a white to Cersei. Cersei. It just seems like Tyrion's been to get rid of all Danny's allies. He didn't want her to rescue Jon because he wanted them to die. So then he set up. Uh, uh, could he uh, be Danny? Uh, he's hoping Danny gets imprisoned or killed. I fully expect her entire army to be bombarded with wild, wildfire and bombs and have scorpion bolts targeted both dragons. And I'm just asking, asking if she wants to succeed her. Now, do you think Tyrion's playing a deeper game and uh, really being antagonistic towards? I, I don't think so personally. I would love it if he was. That that would be great. That would be a twist that I would expect George R. R. Martin from what I've read the books to do. That Tyrion is a Lannister. He's been the guy who has truly been a Lannister. If you look at throughout all the seasons, he is the Lannister. Jamie, Cersei, they all reap the benefits of being a Lannister. But when it comes down to it to be do what you have to do to be a Lannister, they don't do it. Jamie doesn't marry anybody. He goes and he gets on the, 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 the King's Guard and everything else. Cersei, when Tywin asks him, you're going to marry Loras? No, I'm not. She fights him. When Tyrion's, when uh, Tywin goes to Tyrion, you're going to marry Sansa? He steps up to the plate. I'm doing whatever I have to do for my family. He's always there for his family. So if they use that twist, that would be great. But I don't think they will. We got three super chat donations in a row. David says, "Hey guys, if if uh, and when Danny and John have sexy time, do you think the dragons will mate and produce eggs? I uh, Jurassic Park style. I sure fucking hope so. That'd be awesome." Aaron says, "For Tony one on one. Oh, Aaron wants a one on one time with Tony." And we also have one other super chatter that uh, was before that. Let me make sure I get them as well. Who was that? And the, uh, was that David Granger again? Hey guys, dropped. Oh no, we already got David before. But David, thank you so much. I'm like, fuck David, we already got him. Uh, it was, uh, it was. Oh, it was just those two. It was David two two times in a row. So fuck you, David. You're fucking amazing. That's two super chats. I owe you fucking two more spins. I gotta do two more spins for you guys, and I'm getting a little buzzy. Goddamn will. 
The wheel needs to fucking spin. And I also had a couple messages I wanted to get to, but I I lost them. So let me play this voicemail. It's a longer voicemail, but uh, let me play it while I find my shit. Hey, Phil. Hey, Tony. How's it going? Catching the show a bit late. I wanted to give you a call. I uh, love this episode. I wish they would have uh, given us another episode of the Suicide Squad, but it is what it is. Um, two quick points and a question. Uh, first point, um, things seem to be moving pretty quickly toward the end of this season as far as like getting to a certain point, whether it's story book point or book point or TV show. I'm not too sure. Um, if Danny and them are probably going to get it on, it's probably going to be in the next episode. Uh, so they can end it with the finale so that they don't have to deal with it too much, you know, in the last season, probably only because they're going to try to either build on or build them apart. So, you know, this is good storytelling. They either have the love threatened or the, you know, you know, you know, consequences, you know, like of the relationship or whatever. Um, second point is, um, Euron is going to get what he wants. And uh, I think it's pretty interesting. They made a point to have him in the book pay the brotherhood to kill his brother. But in the TV series, Euron didn't do that. So I'm wondering if he's going to hire, not the brotherhood, sorry, the uh, faceless men to uh, go after Cersei or something, you know, to take care of that situation. But uh, who knows what's going to happen with that. But the uh, the question I have is, as we get within the last season, you know, and there's spoilers everywhere and everyone's making up their own fan fictions, but as we get closer to it, do you think it'll be a consecutive story, like arc, or do you think it's going to be every episode, it's going to be an hour, hour and a half of just WTF, 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 you know, like we're going to get story, but like what if it's an hour and a half of just the best they can do across all the board time six episodes, and what if, you know, last the last you know, it could be a great story mode, and they're trying to trick us with this, like, classic TV stuff. What if the last 45 minutes of the last hour and a half episode is, you know, Game of Thrones as we love and hate it for the last six seasons where it just completely guts us? Like, we're just completely, like, the show ends and we end. We're just emotionally dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's no, you know, because, like, I don't think Martin's just told them everything, but he told them enough to where spiritually is the, the uh, successor of the book but like what if they just really decide you know what we're just going to take the fans for a massive ride and at the last 15 minutes is oh, okay by the way you checking out here's your hotel bill here's your emotional checkout on everything you thought you weren't going to do so can't wait to hear you guys discuss it so Good call. Good call, my friend. Very, very detailed. Good question. Uh, good points. So ultimately, do you think that because they know the end point of this entire story, they might not have known all the details to get there? Do you think by them knowing the end point, are we in for a George Martin kind of ending to this all, even on the show? That's going to be like, like you were saying earlier, like something that's just uh, makes you feel like someone reaching into your fucking soul and squeezing. Are we are we leading to that kind of ending? Tony? Well, uh, first, I want to say that the, the fact that people really believe that he didn't tell them the ending is ludicrous to me. It paid this man millions of dollars. They didn't, they didn't smack him on the ass, tickle his taint, and send him on his way. They paid him millions of dollars. They didn't pay him for the false ending. They didn't pay him for the beat around the bush ending. 
They paid him for the full fucking ending. That's what it's going to be. He's going to have, they have the ending. They know how it ends. They know the whole books. The only things that George R. R. Martin, they don't know are the things that really, if you're a book reader like me, that I'm interested in. But the big plot points, Jon Snow, Daenerys, the people, Sergio Lance, the people that's on the Iron Throne, all this shit is happening in the book. That's why it's exact. That's why it's going down like that. And I think that it comes down to the point where you may not be happy with the ending. And when you have a situation that George R. R. Martin has where it takes him a while to write books and people have time to theorize stuff, it's different when people can think of it and someone already thought about that ending than you just heard the guy come up with it himself. And I think that's probably exactly what's going on here. So I, I don't know that if um, if people are going to get what they want in, in the end when it's when it's all said and done. I think that it, it could just be a bad situation. Hopefully not, but but I think that it's quite possible that it could go down that way. So uh, let's play this mess quick message from Jay. Okay, in order to uh, make up for losing Tyrion's dragon, they need to have Drogon and Rhaegal mate at the end of the season. And then in between this season and next year, they need to have, like, two to three years pass by. Because Tyrion's, like, a dwarf. He doesn't, like, the dragon needs, doesn't need to get, get that big for him to ride it. <laughs> so he needs to, just enough time for it to get big enough so Tyrion can ride the thir- third dragon. And again, and they can give Tyrion his dragon back. All right, that's what needs to happen. They just need to do it. <laughs> so, will we see any before the end of the series or the end of the book series? Will we see any more dragons besides those three in the world no. of Westeros? No, 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 not at all. I know people want to see Tyrion on a dragon. You want to see this? Look, you got him in the battle. You got him chopping off somebody's leg. That's what you got. That's all it is. It's no more. There's no Tyrion dragon. What you see is what you get. You can see the ending yourself. Just look at it. It's not hard. I mean, you, you could see it playing as day right now, how it's going to end with the main characters. Only question is who is going to be on the Iron Throne when it's all said and done. And I just can't, me personally, I can't see it being Jon Snow, and I really can't see it being Daenerys. So, and that I just don't know what the whole Targaryen bloodline, how what happens, does it end with the, with them, uh, if that's what they're going to do. But I really can't see any of them sitting on the Iron Throne, unless if it was Jon Snow with Cersei, that would be great. But I I, I can't really see it, them being on the Iron no, Throne. No, that would be too clean. It's it can't end that clean. Yeah, I just I won't I won't believe that. It can't just be we beat the bad guys and then they sit on Iron Throne and rule the lands of Westeros as husband and wife. It's it's not that. No, Jon Snow he's about to sit down, but then he says, "No, D- Danny, you could sit." And he stands next to her when he lets her sit dun, right dun, there. Dun. And then we get some happy music at the end. It's uh, get some like sick uh, canned laughter. The dragon flies over and shoots fire into the air, and that's it. And there you go. Fade out. Don't stop believing, and it's over. It's it's great. I mean, that's ultimately where they're going to end it. Uh, uh, I had a couple other messages to read, but uh, this is a longer one, and uh, I have it on my other computer here. That's why I'm crouching over here while I'm reading it. Making sense of the dumbest plot since the Sand Snakes, capturing a white to convince Cersei. Cersei, John surviving being reborn from the lake is a fulfillment of the Azor High prophecy. Everyone, rightfully so, is hung up on how ridiculous this mission of of in Westerosi bastard was 
Consider the visions to the mountain shaped like an arrow at the place where the Night King was created. Bran giving just enough info to tell John where to go, though Bran knows all. There is a much greater purpose to going on there with these main characters than to capture White, even though none of the viewers or characters know. We have to look at the actual results. One, we get the third head of the dragon, Night King, Ice, Danny Fire, John, Ice, and Fire. Two, we get John being reborn, surviving the ice, water, and cold because he's a white of the Lord of Light. Three, we get the champion as John kills another white walker and the revelation that if you kill a white walker, the white it controls ceases to be animated. The champion now has all the knowledge he needs, dragonglass, valerian, steel, fire, kill the white walkers, kill the whites to defeat the Night King. Danny sees John as her champion, and we solidify their relationship to make some whoopee. Danny is supposed to be barren, unable to give birth or womb stone where she uh, to get pregnant from John. It would be a stone dragon, again, the fulfillment of the Azura High Prophecy. The Night King now has a way to get over the wall, and the champion is more important than ever. So while the stated premise for this mission, Impossible, is so painfully idiotic, in the context of Azura High, it makes a lot of sense. P.S. The Night King can skin change into Viserion, which is how he controls the whites and the dead bears, horses, and giants. Oh my, and then so can Bran, but you will fly. Bam! So, any thoughts on all of fucking that, Tony? That was a lot for me to, to think about. You know, I, 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 the Whoopi situation, I love the newlywed game, so I love the term Whoopi. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we'll say, where, where was the strangest place you guys had sex? In the butt. Uh, in the butt. In the butt. She said it. She, she did. She said it quick. Yeah, she quick. said it quick too. She quickly. came right out with it <laughs> quickly, Tony. Like, bam! Like, she didn't waste any fucking time, dude. She just no, fucking said that. was like, God damn, why'd you say that about me? <laughs> oh my God. We're doing it again tonight. Now, oh. <laughs> that's the way it's going down. You know, it's it's a. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't really know what to say. No, so. I mean, there's not much you can say. It was more of a comment just to put out there. Stacey is spinning this in a positive light and doing what you were saying earlier, choosing to look at this in a more, more uh, what, what it could all mean, a deeper meaning to everything that happened that we're not quite looking at. And that's what I was saying earlier, where maybe episodes to come later might make this episode and things that happened this episode more believable and more understanding, at least some of the hinky bullshit that you asked those questions. That because. Because sometimes with that stuff, it's the domino effect. When a couple, when there are a couple of like big glaring points, you can. It's easy just to pile on and start picking out all the other little points. And if in some of those other little points that are piling on, like why the Night King didn't aim at Drogon, and a couple of the other things could possibly make sense in context. But when things like none of the main characters, only only uh, nobody's him characters die, and and. Uh, it, and other little things like, you know, only the white one white walker survived uh, or John coming out of the what I mean, there's certain things that can be cut upon, but there's enough bullshit there to make you smell. I, I, I think if you look at it like this, as we said earlier today, getting back to Eddie Murphy, we could tie this Eddie Murphy joke to the whole to everything in life, basically, if you want to go. But to us. Game of Thrones is filet mignon. This is yep. this is Kobe beefsteak. Yep. This is the best in the world. To Dan and Dave, this is a cracker. They got other shit they got planned to do. And that's a rich to them. I got they, they, they want to move over to their new show that they're trying to get done that they've been writing. They're, they're inspired by that right now more than Game of Thrones. They already got that dough. They're good right now. I got McDonald's. I got McDonald's. You ain't got none. Um, yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> so let's listen to uh, what do we got here? We got one more uh, more text on the wedding. Littlefinger gets drunk and tries to get Sansa on his room. Oh, we got more of Antoine's fan fiction. I love this stuff. Um, here we go. Uh, Phil, Tony's, uh, Tony is going to be uh, smoking some High Gardens finest with Marjorie. Joe Dirty Locks is watching Bran Stark and Elisa Cartstock get it on the private bedroom sneaking in. I have a private bedroom with Arya. Wonderful sex and I'm wanting more. So Jane Poole comes in and joins me. Peter Griffin is ratting a sandwich and drinking wine at the wedding. Staring at Cersei Lannister who put him down. Katie Crow asks Jamie Lannister where John's at. He's like, how the fuck do I? I know Sam and Gilly are staying the night. Funny Tony gives me props for doing Arya. More on the text on the wedding. Uh, Littlefinger gets drunk and tries to get Sansa in his room. And she sees her husband Tyrion and Gendry and she runs to him. Aaron Haydig uh, is smoking with Valerie Mosley and Bella Richards and Shannon C. In the women's club with Elena Tyrell smoking something. I am out for the night with Arya Stark and Jane Poole. Amazing sex. Tyrion arrives to join Tony Teflon, Phil and Marjorie for a smoke break and another bottle of wine. Daenerys and John check me out. Whispered makes me proud. Aunt and, uh, and Arya make good Targaryen children. Holy shit, Antoine. Ooh. Holy moly, that was a lot. That was a lot, Antoine. That's fucking great shit, dude. Funny fucking shit, man. So, uh, so we're, we'll start to sort of wrap things up here and uh, take some more uh, questions from the chat, and then I will let Tony go here tonight. And uh, and I also got uh, Phil Drake, so I have to finish my drink right here for for the last couple of super chats. I got like two drinks in a row, so we're gonna we're gonna have a couple drinks here before we call it an I'm evening. I'm drinking with you. Sorry, everyone, I have not been in the chat in all this whole episode. I don't have the chat up. So if anyone's asked any questions to me specifically, this is the reason why I have not answered them. The chat's not up. So I'm sorry if you have. That's the reason why. I, I don't know if you have, but I'm just assuming maybe you have said something to me. But if you have said hi to me or something, didn't see a chat back, that is the reason why. But what up to all y'all in the yeah, chat? Tony's, what up to everybody out there? Tony's like, fuck everybody. Fuck you motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. Someone someone wants me. Uh, so here we go. Let's play one more Jay's songs. But uh, but in honor of the wonderful, the beautiful, the amazing Timo, uh, let's uh, let's play a uh, Timo's Rant of the Night song. Because you, you requested it, Mike. It's Timo's Rant of the Night. It's Timo's Rant of the Night. Fuck Sansa. Fuck Sansa. Yeah, that's uh, dedicated to the lovely, amazing, uh, amazing uh, Timo. That's uh, her, her, uh, her fucking song. Uh, so here we go, and uh, let's play one last voicemail for tonight. And uh, this is, I think, one last one from Jay. I just wanted to make this comment for everyone that think, uh, why is Tyrion coming up with these stupid plans to get a White Walker to show Cersei proof? I think the plan is the only thing that the writers, Dan and Dave, could come up with because George R. R. Martin, I guess, never told them how he was planning to make the world know about White Walkers. <laughs> or if he did, they thought they, that he couldn't, they couldn't use their idea for some reason or another. 
So they're having to come up with an idea themselves to make everyone in the story know about White Walkers without them all having to go across the wall. So that's why I think Tyrion came up with this idea. I just think that Dan and Dave can't come up with any other idea in order to prove it to everyone. All right. And I don't think it's just about proving to Cersei when they go to see Cersei. I think it's about proving it to the, um, to like, you know, all the important people under Cersei. He as well, like Jamie and everybody else that, you know, that Cersei has power over. But are like you know, uh, are are in the uh, upper levels of power that would be able to do something if she doesn't if she doesn't act. No, and and I, I to piggyback on this question, Tony. Do you mm. think other people? Because Sansa got an invitation to this meeting. Are other lords from all around Westeros invited to this meeting at all as well? Or are we just going to see our basic main characters? We're just going to see the basic main characters. There won't be anybody else that they show in in the show. If they do show them, they'll be in the background where you won't know who they are. It'll just mm-hmm. be the basic main characters that, that we see there. The way we got, like, Manderly in the North and stuff for, like, a shout-out. Like, oh, hey, there's Wayman Manderly. Hey, what's yeah, going you may on? see someone with a, you know, with a sigil on them, but they ain't going to say nothing. <laughs> so... You know? So it's it's going to be interesting to see how everyone starts to react to this. Do you think – I think ultimately Jamie is the type of guy that once he sees it, he's going to fucking freak the fuck out. I don't know how Cersei's going to react when she sees this. Uh, yeah, so this, 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 again, goes back to you may not like the ending of the book. This is something that we've already seen. We've already seen Commander Mormont try to do this, right? Yeah, so the, this has already been introduced. This is what it is in the books. This is what it is. He tried to get the hand down there, but it melted away. So why wouldn't now? Why why wouldn't Tyrion Tyrion come up with the idea? I don't know if it'll come go like that in the books, but why wouldn't they? John, who is underneath him, try the exact same thing that he tried, but just do it on a more dramatic scale. Yep. Yeah. It it, it makes sense, and that it's and also uh, for. Ne- Next week, will we get any hound and mountain interaction? I don't think we're gonna get any 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 interaction. When you look at the the prophecy that 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 the, the Clegane bowl, when you look at that, it's the first vision that Bran ever got, and you can see it's like uh, it says something that uh uh that there's a guy a uh, mountain uh, there's a person looming over him with a with a iron helmet with with goo a black goo coming out of his mouth, and then there's someone armored in uh. Armored with a, with a face of a dog, which is the hound, and someone else is armored in shining aura, which mm-hmm. is Jamie Lannister. So I think when it all comes down to it in the end, and above them is the mountain, I think those two people will have to fight the mountain and kill him. I don't think it's at that point right now for them to do that. So I don't, I can't see a called game bowl jumping. Now uh, people have been waiting for this. We 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 talked about it earlier. So let's uh, let's let's do this. For Oh yeah, fight time! So in this Clegane Bowl, I just don't I just don't think the hound has the reach now with his injuries. Well, no, with his injuries and all that sort of shit, I just don't see the hound being able to legitimately take down the mountain on his own. He would need help to do that. I, uh, Couldn't be in. 
So how's he going to beat this dude? Exactly. Exactly. He, can, he lost to Brianne when he, and that's before the injury he faced from like falling down and stuff. You know, I know he can, he can kill a bunch of white walkers. I mean, whites pretty easily that everyone else was killing. But, uh, but ultimately the, ha the mountain is a different kind of white. He's a, he's a very strong science white that is going to be a t tough kill. He's going to be like the juggernaut in X-Men where they're, they're going to have to find weaknesses in his armor to, and work together to get under the armor to get in there to chop off body parts or something like that. No, it's got to be a double team. That's the first vision brand gets is no doubt about it. That's the way it's going down. But going back to inconsistencies, you go to see Gendry's hammer. What is that hammer made out of? Because it was smashing whites. Uh, you know, you know, like, like it was no, no problem. I didn't know that steel could actually affect them and kill them and knock them down to that, that point where they can't come back. <sighs> And we've seen Jojen get stabbed up by an arm that I, got knocked down. I, this is just one a, a minor, minor criticism, or not even a minor criticism. I guess it's a big deal. How the in, the one thing that somewhat, or uh, one of the things that somewhat bothers me, because I want to know this: the the cons, the resistance or how strong the whites are. It's it's been inconsistent. We've got it's gone both ways because the first white that we see, obviously, when John uh, finds it with with Mormon, it, it's you know it's coming at him, it just keeps coming, no matter what they do to it, it just keeps coming. Then we see the whites that uh, that the children fight when Bran shows up at the at the uh, uh, at the Three Eyed Ravens place in. Uh, like and those are the more skeleton types that get broken apart easy. Then in Hardhome, they're definitely very tough to defeat for an army of strong, battle-worn wildlings and stuff. It's it's a tough battle for them because they're overwhelming numbers. And in this situation, the white seemed weak again, where seven guys were or six guys were able to hold it off. Granted, they're six very good warriors, but it's still the inconsistency of the power level of the whites concerns yeah, when, me. You, when you get to that point that they're in, right, when you're in a circle, skills go out the window, all right? It's, it's not about skills. It's about who can swing their sword fast mm -hmm. enough and hit the person in front of you, right? So we've seen these whites, and the one that looked like Curly from the Three Stewards, that motherfucker took a beating. You couldn't do nothing to him, all right? He was all about it. It took John all this time to kill his ass. But these motherfuckers are brittle all of a sudden. I, I don't know why, but they just drop. It, it's just. They're like enemies in Gauntlet, the video yeah. game Gauntlet, like when you just like one, one hit, one hit, one hit kill yeah. things. And, and I know I know people are saying, don't compare this to Hard Home. It's a different kind of battle. I'm not comparing it to Hard Home, the battle versus what this is. I'm comparing the whites themselves, the strength that the whites have, and it's the same army. Were You're these... talking about a, a, a creature. That I'll be right itself, back, Tony. Take it over. All right. You're talking about a creature, people, that threw itself off a goddamn mountain head first, right? Head first, it fell off the mountain. Not one, not two, thousands of them, and got up and ran. And you're talking about from that, we go to a creature who's afraid, right? So... How do you go from throwing yourself off a goddamn mountain head first to not wanting to put your toe in the water? Yeah. I, I don't understand. It would just seem to me that they would just pile up in that water to the point where they can just step over each other's bodies. Now, just, I've seen, uh, I've uh, seen ants 
make bridges out of their <laughs> own bodies to scale shit, right? So these things seem a little bit more smarter than ants. So I would think they'd be able to, to, to get over that gap if they really wanted to. So it, it's these little inconsistencies that kind of mess up the show. But I really think it's to the point where these guys, they've cast their checks. The checks are cast. They didn't want to do another season. They wanted this season to be done with so they can start their new show. That's what they're into. That's what they're focused on. Here comes the fan explaining because I, I ultimately, Tony, ultimately, I agree with everything you said. But here's my, here's my fan explaining situation. Maybe these were the weakest section of the Night King's army. These were the skeletons, the bodies that were broken up as much. And he basically is just showing them a fraction of what the strength of the army is in that situation. He wanted them to stall. He wanted them to survive long enough for Danny to show up so he could ultimately get a dragon. He foresaw this. So ultimately, he was sending all of his, like, bitch dead, the ones that have been alive way too long, and the bones are about to fall apart anyway. So he's, like, clearing them out a little bit. So so may, may, it, maybe that's the case. He didn't like those guys anyway they weren't they weren't uh holding their own in the uh the meet the meetings they weren't bringing in uh, enough uh, you know they weren't killing enough people the, the, the these were the f the weakest of the night king's army forces we didn't even see the giants where were the giants the giants had to be with another group of soldiers somewhere else because so this wasn't the entire army so maybe this was just a pussy group a subset group that they sent at them to uh to stall uh, th that's my fan explaining moment I give you props. I think that no doubt the Nice King's plan was for this to go down the way it was, to, to draw a dragon out to kill it. I think that definitely was a plan of the Night's King when it all went down. No doubt that that was a plan there, but too many things. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I, I mean, I, I, I don't want to compare real world, world stuff to what's going on, watching a woman walk through fire, right? So when you can do that, then I guess Jon Snow can go in the water and and come out and jump on a horse <laughs> and ride with the wind blowing on him and not have hypothermia. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. He, he, was, uh, he was fine because uh, the sword's eye lit up and gave him strength. It, that's what happened. It was some He-Man shit yeah. that yep. we just weren't yep. aware of. Yep. It's a different world. It's the and Battle of Eternia. Tony, it's not it's not Westeros anymore. It's the battle for attorney. A man at arms showed up, and it's it's they were this it was fucked up shit, dude. Fucked some up. Some battle cat shit. I love to see Danny on some battle cat shit. No, I could I could totally see her on the in that show or some shit. <laughs> well, no, you can't see her on that because Battle Cat had a fucking saddle. All right, <laughs> I, Battle Cat had a saddle. <laughs> I have the yes, I, by the power of Westeros, I have the power. Uh, I agree with you. D&D cast their checks. Creativity is over with, says Keisha. Keisha. Uh, Iron, uh, Iron says, did you guys talk about the long core light thing? Yeah, we just did. Your great minds think alike. Uh, Stark North Magic Cold isn't going to kill them that easily. I also... It, Wait, that could have been the Eye of Thundera. Now that I'm thinking about it. He was, he was uh, something else was keeping him warm. We'll take a couple more questions from the chat and then we'll start to uh, uh, finish things off here. And huge thanks to Tony. I'm about to take a sip for the very first time of the Game of Thrones wine. I haven't had it before and I'm mixing beer and wine, but, uh, but let's try it. Uh, Stephanie sipped it. She said it's a little too sweet, but whatever. Let me try this shit. Eh, it's drinkable. Not That's it. Listen, after after the first 
three or four, they all drinkable. Yeah, me. they're all drinkable. I'm, I'm buzzed enough that I just wanted more alcohol, so I've been drinking whatever is open at this point. So, hey, Phil, seriously, where the fuck's my gilly? And someone else asked this, and I know a, a couple callers have asked this. Will we see Theon uh, in the next episode? I, I'm pretty sure we'll see Theon in the next episode. You got to. Yeah. I mean, the guy's been there from the beginning. I don't know why he's in there. I hate him, but he's been in it. He's going to be in it. Every, anyone, they will show every character that they've shown this season that's still alive in the last episode. Yep. And uh, Han Hannibal, uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, I any like I said, anything you sent me on the text message, I can't see that it says uh, it says file type not supported, but I can play this one. I think. Let me play this one. Let's see if this works. An error occurred. I don't want a fucking error occurring. Fuck you, motherfucker. Don't don't error me. Let me see if I can play one of your song. Play your song here, dude. Give me, give me one, give me one second to figure that, figure the fucking, uh, figure this shit out. Here we go. Jesus Christ. Uh, intense at the like, end. It, it just changed at the end. Yeah, he got, got really intense at the end, though. I, 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 I like, Man. love the passion, Hannibal, though. I know, he totally changed the game at the end there, though. That was fucking amazing. It reminds me of my friend. I have a really good friend. His name is Joe. And when we were younger and everything else, and I don't know if Joe still does this right now. I hope not because he's in his 30s. But back in the day, he used to always go out in the park in Queens and he'd get drunk. And as soon as he get drunk, he'd just strip naked and just start playing his guitar and fucking making up songs and shit and that like that. So sounds like my man Joe was on the other side of that fucking guitar right there. <laughs> Aver says, Phil, just play that in front of me. Lots of love. Thank you, Hannibal, for all the support you give give us, motherfucker. You also get a spin of the wheel, which I think I already spin it in the landed on Phil drink. So I have to take one more drink. Take a couple more questions from the uh, live motherfucking chat, and I think we have one or two more voicemails. I'm keeping Tony. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, we'll cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, one more. One more. One more round. One more round. Uh, the predictions is quick. Like, like let's get like let's just so we don't forget. Quit, and we're gonna keep going after this. Quick prediction in the fight because I know a lot of people don't want to hear us talk too much about boxing. Uh, I think it's gonna be. I, I think it's a win for McGregor if he gets a couple good shots in. I think ultimately he's a – if this was an MMA fight, it wouldn't last two fucking seconds. In a boxing match, this is going to last the distance. It's going to be boring. Floyd's going to tie him up and not let McGregor get any f solid punches in. It's going to be a boring fight, I think. It's going to be uh, uh, Floyd doing that defensive shit he does. And like, and that's it. And, and McGregor will be lucky if he gets a couple of good shots in. I like McGregor better. I'd love to see him win. It's a good story. That would be the best fucking story of it all, which is always what I'm rooting for. The underdog, the the big thing, what's going to like move the needle and make people fucking go, fuck, that's awesome. Like an awesome event. But ultimately, I think it's going to be kind of a letdown situation with like, like 12 rounds of just like holding. 
Yeah, when I look at the Mayweather-McGregor fight, it would be uh, the big story, the big thing that could happen out of it would be Mayweather losing. That That's the only thing that could come that would sh shock the world. The fact that it would have to shock the world should give you enough reason what's really going to happen in this fight. It's really not a fight when, you, when you're dealing with someone uh, who has trained their whole life in the craft of boxing. It's basically as if an NFL player or just to say a CBA player went up against an NBA a player in the same uh, level as them. I, uh, you're not going to beat that person. Uh, this is what he's done his whole life. This is what he does. Uh, we've seen McGregor already lose in, in UFC, uh, and we've seen him tired in UFC. And no matter what you can say about Floyd Mayweather, whether you hate him or not, the one thing you could say his greatest strength is his conditioning. The man will not get tired. I don't think May, uh, McGregor has the stamina to last with him. And I think that as soon as, if you ever watched a show called Pros vs. Joes. Oh, yeah, I used, to, I used to watch that all the time. It'll be the same situation. Once he starts throwing those punches in there, it's a different level of aggression. You have a time to, to, to rest in UFC when you grab someone. Uh, with boxing, there's not that much time to rest. In three-minute rounds, dealing with that, 12 rounds over five minutes, three rounds of five minutes. And I've seen McGregor puffing and puffing in the second round. I just don't think he has a stamina. There's no way he's going to get knocked out. And I just don't think Floyd would risk losing his legacy in a fight like that. He and trade, yeah, and trade fists with him. Because if they trade fists, yes, Connor's going to win. But I don't think Floyd's going to trade fists with him. I I don't like like Connor. Could... Even if even if he did, I don't know if he can if he can keep up with him trading yeah. fists. I don't think he can he can land it hard enough. Conor McGregor don't he's not going to be able to take what Mayweather has to give him. And I don't think. Mayweather's not gonna go. It's gonna say, "Hey, hit me, I hit you. Hit me, I hit you." But he talks so good. But he talks so good. It makes me want to believe in him because he's <laughs> such a good shit talker with that Irish fucking draw and the shit talk. He's he, he he's, took a, he's a world champion shit talker. He's a world champion that, shit talker. The thing that that makes me mad about it too is that he basically he took Mayweather's whole formula. And when you look, and not just Mayweather's formula, but McGregor took Mayweather's formula, money. I got more money than you. I am better than you. I'm going to talk shit and win. And people love it, but when they hear Mayweather do it, they hate it. That is all goes back to the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, back before him. When when you look at Muhammad Ali, yep. he'll tell you he took his style from Buddy Rogers. Yep. He watched wrestling. He watched the way they talk. I'm pretty. I'm better than everyone. That's what Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. Made. I was just about to say Gorgeous George. Uh, like before Gorgeous George. That, he brought that to boxing. So we see this is the same exact situation that's going on here. What McGregor has done is he took wrestling ways and he's brought them to boxing. He's no different. And he has a good, but it's better for guys who talk shit like that to win, but he's in over his head. But the man knows he's paid at the end. And, and yeah. that's all he really cares about is the money in the end. And he's doing the right thing because I do it too. I don't care who I'd have to fight. There's no one you could tell me, give me $200 million, I'll fight anyone yeah, in the world. I'll get me in the ring with Ivan Drago and Kleber Lang. Both anyone. of them. Both of them. I'm fucking, I'll fight no both those motherfuckers. Tell, no one you could tell me I'm not getting in the ring with. Yeah, yeah. No one. Yeah, you pay, you pay me enough, like, for those few seconds, I'm going to get my ass kicked, and then I will pay for the doctors. And then I'm... <laughs> I'm going right now. I'm going yeah. as, as soon as I feel the wind. I'm I'm dropping. I'm, it's it's called the curl in the ball strategy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna win. You know, fucking. I'll make you. I'll make them a YouTube highlight. They can be proud of. You know? <laughs> I'll drop so fast. But you ain't gonna find me because I'll be on my own private island chilling. 
Couple people say shit fight, waste of bandwidth. They have to hype this fight up. It's just going to be age might play a factor. That's what people are hoping that uh, the people that are the want Connor to win. But I, I mean, I think Connor is a fucking amazing, amazing athlete in his sport, and he has lost, but he's come back and and come back from a lot of his losses. He, if this was a UFC fight, he'll last longer in a boxing match than Floyd would last in a UFC fight. I don't know about that. See that that's that, that's a. Con- because I think when it comes down to it, if you look at a lot of the people in the UFC that have dominated, they've been mm-hmm. like boxers, right? So if Floyd was able to just learn some basic don't get taken down technique, I think he could do it. Chuck Liddell was a boxer. He did very well. He's basically a boxer. He did very well knocking people out. Conor McGregor is basically a boxer. Silva is basically a boxer when you look at it. They're not a lot of strong ground game. I, I- think a lot in the beginning – of the UFC with, uh, with Dan's, uh, Dan, the beast, uh, and all that dudes and, uh, Mark Coleman back then. And, uh, those guys were more grappled and those guys were dominant. But I think that when you come all along to this era, John Jones bones and these guys, they're basically more boxers and you're seeing a lot of guys get more knocked out. And I think that's, what's helped the UFC's popularity of the knockouts more than people laying on top of each I other. I know it probably wouldn't happen, but if, if he actually agreed to fight in the UFC, uh, like after this fight, if he, cause, cause he's talked a little bit about saying that he would do it, that he'd get in the octagon with him after this, like took a year out and kind of trained for that. It would, I would have so like, not that I don't have respect 49 knows nothing to not have respect for, but I would have like a next level respect for Floyd Mayweather. If he, if he, if he, after this fight was like, okay, you stepped in my ring, I'll step in your ring too. He's, doing that. he's no this, way he's doing it. No, no way. I agree. No way. Yeah. I, this is what, uh, in boxing, this will be my last comment because I know people want to talk Game of Thrones, but what this sets up, and this is the whole, I'll tell you the deal, this is what it is. Mayweather beats McGregor. He's the biggest star out there to generate enough money. We have a real fight that's happening a week later, which is Triple G Canelo Alvarez. So what this sets up is the winner of that fight will fight Floyd Mayweather for the biggest money fight of them all, which people hope is going to be Canelo Alvarez because he's the bigger drawer. But that is what it's really setting up for. I guarantee that when this fight's over, Mayweather win. The winner of Triple G Canelo Alvarez will get the fight with Floyd Mayweather. So, and we'll end things right there, and uh, and and stop the bo- boxing and uh, UFC talk right there. So, everyone, uh, sorry about that aside, but it is a bit. It is fight week, so uh, fight let's, week. It, so let's play. Uh, let's play one more voicemail from Jay here, and uh, let's go. Uh. Also, I would have made Rhaegar go rescue John instead of it being Ben. I would have just made Ben somehow. Rhaegar pieced the fuck out of there, right? He just was like, fuck you. <laughs> he see that shit. He's like, fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm out of here. I don't know where you got to go, but you can't stay here. You got to go. He turned into what? What character? Is it the Pink Panther? Exit. Stage right. He's just, he's like, get the fuck out of there. He's, Exit. Save life. And further even. That's not the Pink Panther, but it is a Panther. Is it the Panther? It's, like, what character is that? Is it Snagglepuss it is Panther. or something? It's not the Pink Panther, but I know he told it's It's, it's, it's Exit. a Pink character. Exit. Pink Stage character. right. It's like a cat Panther, but it's not the Pink Panther. But I know exactly who you're talking about. I used to watch Hannah Barbaria or the Super Adventures where that guy was on there. And I could hear it in my head, but I can't think of his name <laughs> let's play this one I'll just like snagglepuss someone said snagglepuss it is snagglepuss. so he can meet him that way or something 
because Ben can't go beyond the wall anyway because he has, like, dragon glass in it. He can't go beyond the wall for the same reason Night King can't. He was, uh, like, reborn by the Children of the Forest with, like, that dragon glass or something. So he couldn't have gone with John anyway. So it would have been cooler if Rhaegal saved him. And it should have been Rhaegal anyway. I hear what you're saying. It would have been cool, but it gets to the point where if you're giving stuff away, as I said earlier, if you have Rhaegal save Jon Snow, and he just happened to be the one dragon that stayed back and saved Jon Snow. It, it, it's too much. You know what I mean? Even though they've given away his whole birth and everything else and all that, we know what that is. I think that would be the reason why they did it. Would it have been better? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, it would have been better. I mean, if Rago would have just dropped his big-ass claw and just dragged them out and just carried them off, what movie are you it was that's the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> we would have seen that right there, right? But it would have been a situation like that. But yeah, I do agree. It would have been better, but I think the reason why they didn't do it because they would have gave too much away. So one last call from Jay, who uh, left the second half, second part of that question, and I think this is uh, it might be boxing related here. So, hey Tony, I just wanted to say that even if they, even if uh, Floyd's standing there and trades punches with them, Connor will not be knocked out because Floyd has no punching power. You're thinking that Floyd Mayweather is Roy Jones Jr. or Mike Tyson. Floyd Mayweather is a defensive fighter with no punching power that is not known for knocking people out. And Conor McGregor takes hits from people who wear or who wear six-arm gloves. It's basically like wearing bare knuckles all the time. Okay, so I don't think that Floyd's picks punches will phase Connor. He may not get any points on him because Floyd will dunk and run the entire match, but I don't think Connor will get hurt by Floyd whatsoever. I think that Phil and you could stand in there with Mayweather and not get hurt. Cause not he me. No not power. me. I have no respect for Floyd's punching power, and you have too much respect for Floyd's punching power because he has no punching power. Bam. So, so right. sorry me, to go back to let boxing here. Let, let me go through that real quick because that, that, that I appreciate the question and everything else, and I understand what you're trying to say, but that's ludicrous. First off, Floyd Mayweather, you have to say, he started his career at 130 pounds. When he was at 130 pounds, he knocked out everybody. Everyone who came up to him, he knocked them out cold. Then Floyd Mayweather had hand problems. He started getting brittle hands, so he had to go to bigger gloves, and he stopped knocking people out at the time. But when it comes to the bigger fights, you see he does knock people out. Now, when you're dealing with boxing versus UFC, boxing is a striking sport. So I would think that boxers know how to use their hands and know how to put more leverage behind their punch than any UFC fighter. I looked at the people that, that, that punched Conor McGregor in the face and wobbled him. When I watched the way their physical body throws the punch, it's nothing in there that does not make me think that a proper boxer who knows how to throw a punch much better than a UFC fighter, if he hits him, he's going to knock him out. The smaller gloves favor Mayweather. That's why he agreed to smaller gloves. He's not dumb. He's not going in there to lose. He doesn't. That's the reason why Floyd Mayweather, You, when you look at him, he hasn't fought in a lot of younger boxing guys like Earl Spencer or something like that because he doesn't. He knows he's not going to be able to deal with them. He can deal with this dude. That's why he took the fight. That's why he agreed to all these things. These other stipulations he's doing is to build the fight. If you want to watch a movie, I will tell you exactly how this fight's going to go. 
please watch The Great White Hype. Watch that movie and you will see that this movie, this has played out exactly as that movie is from day one. You hear Mayweather coming on there. I'm not, I'm not as young as I used to be. Uh-uh. He's younger than me. He's bigger than me. He's this. He's giving you, he's trying to build your reasons why to make you believe this guy's going to beat him when he knows it's impossible for him to lose this fight. I mean, obviously anyone can land a shot and win. Conor McGregor is not known for taking a punch. He's been beat down. I've seen him beat down and crawl, turn right over on his back from a shot. Guarantee he knocks him out. And if you look at boxers in that have fought UFC fighters, you've seen both sides. You've seen James Tony, who didn't take it seriously and get taken right down and getting and taken taken right out. But you also seen a 47, 48-year-old Ray Mercer knock out that Silver Lake champion who was UFC champion for a long time in 10 seconds, the first shot he hit him with. So it goes both ways. So I really it's really hard to say, but I would say if Floyd Mayweather wasn't UFC. He has a chance to land that shot. He's a boxer, and I think if he hits him, he'll wobble him. He can knock him out. You'll see Saturday night. Guarantee it. It's pretty pretty obvious what's going to happen here. But understand what he's saying. But Floyd Mayweather was known. You can look at Sugar Shane Mosley. You can look at Manny Pacquiao. You can look at Roy Jones Jr. These are all guys who knock people out earlier on in their career. Floyd fights defensively because he has to. I don't think he's going to have to fight as defensively as he does against boxers against these this guy and i think floyd's going to put the pressure on him and knock him out because i do believe there's a lot of guys that floyd could have knocked out but he decided to be cautious and didn't knock them out so it's going to be fun to see this saturday night so uh get your pre-preview no <laughs> no but yeah it's gonna be a fun it's gonna be a fun fight either way just to kind of see the spectacle of it so listen to this mm. is anything no that no words on that voicemail, but so we're going to start to wrap things up. Uh, uh, a couple more quick questions. Uh, do you think that Ghost will be by John's side in the Dragon Pit, Tony? No. I don't think so either. No Ghost. He's not going to have time to stop at Winterfell. No, it's over. It's over, Ghost. Ghost is done. You ain't going to see him no more, unless it's some factor that John lives out through him at the end of the, of the show, that he lives a second life in Ghost. That's the only time you're going to see him. If he's not, then you'll never see Ghost again. Similar part question by Ian. Uh, will John and Danny stop at Winterfell next episode? Will John return to Winterfell at all this season? Or no, I, I ever? said from the beginning. Not this season. I said from the beginning of the season, there's no time for him to do it. He's going to Dragonstone. He's going to the wall. He's going right to King's Landing. He's not going to, you're not going to see him back in Winterfell. And do, will he go, but will he ever make it back to Winterfell? I think he'll make it back because I, they have to have him there. Eventually, he's going to have to run into his, his siblings. But I think it undermines Sansa's power if he comes back. If he's, You know, if Sansa's got something to do and she's going to kill Littlefinger, do anything, she has to be in total control to do that. Can't have Jon Snow come back and then she has to ask his permission. It would just ruin the character for Sansa and them. So I think they have to play that out. Do you think we'll see Nymeria again by the end of this season or not till season eight? Nope. You got your fan service Nymeria moment and live with it and, and, and be happy that you got it. Never again, never again on the show. Never, never again, never again. Is Danny going to show up, at, uh, show up at the dragon pit? Yes. Danny will be show up at the dragon pit. Kyote. I'm pretty sure about that. She'll definitely be there. Even though that, we- that army ain't out there for Jon Snow. 
Yep, exactly. And I mean, uh, Tom himself says, long live Sansa, and Quixote deleted his comment. I love that. I love that kind of action by my mods. <laughs> Someone said, long live Sansa, and the comment was deleted. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Somewhere Timo is smiling, Quixote, uh, for you on that one. Littlefinger is in her air because she's in a position of weakness right now. Uh, question, uh, Phil, will Mel return from Volantis with Red Priest and Priestess to help fight the war from the dawn? Will Mel return next season? He'll return, but not with Priestess and Priestess. It'll be nothing like that whatsoever. She's coming back for a, a singular reason, and, and that's it. So uh, one of the, but it's not going to be being a bunch of Red Priest, Red Priest army that start throwing fireballs. At the, at the undead like the Children of the Forest did. It would be nothing like that. Yep. And let's see if we have any more. One or two more questions from the chat. We'll take two more questions if people want to throw a couple more in there. I'll say a couple comments while it goes by till they catch up to us. But uh, if you haven't already, and, uh, and please check out Tony Teflon's channel. You can find the link to it in the description box below and subscribe to Tony. He does lots of amazing Game of Thrones comment, theory videos, recaps, lots of shit. So definitely check out his channel. Keeps it going all year round with lots of amazing co content, live streams, having a lot of other uh, YouTube, YouTube creators on his channel, does amazing pre-shows, all that sort of shit. So definitely check out Tony as we uh, question. This may have already been covered on here, but I had a theory that the Night King didn't kill Drogon because he wanted Danny alive for some reason. I'm trying to justify that scene. We talked about that a little bit, but what possible purpose could the Night King want Danny alive for, Tony? I, I don't know if there's a purpose that he wanted Danny alive. I just think that that's the dragon that's going to get changed in the books. So they had to have a reason to change him in the books. Obviously, the, the, he should have hit Drogon. That should have went down like that, but this is the dragon that's going to be changed in the books for some reason, and they're just following along the book storyline. So I don't think that there's any specific reason that he wants to keep Danny alive. Danny's not dying, but that you would have rather seen Jamie kill her yeah. than, than the Night's King. And they ain't going to let him do it, then she ain't going nowhere at this particular time. And uh, Norseman Bolt says, will Baelish and Theon die? Rhaegar flashback, possibly. I think I, I have a feeling that Baelish will either be leaving Winterfell either in a box or leaving Winterfell one way or another next episode. He can't stand Winterfell uh, and and live. He it's just he's it's it's it it things are going to go bad for Littlefinger. I don't think the Starks can stay this stupid for that long. It's one conversation with Bran away from some shit happening. Theon, I don't think Theon will die in the next episode, and I don't know about uh, Rhaegar flashback. Uh, and Michael Smith says, will Jon ride a dragon this season or next? I do think it's interesting that Jon didn't get on Drogon so they could, like, hold off the moment. A lot of people were like, why didn't Jon jump on Drogon when they had the chance to escape? He instead he go chose to fight off a bunch of whites because he was all angry and, you know, the fans blaming Ray because he was angry. It's because they wanted to hold off that moment of him riding a dragon that first time he rode a dragon's back to be a bigger deal. It's, it was like, it's just, uh, again, Tony was mentioning this earlier about a different thing. It's, it's some stuff gets left out to leave the surprise for it to happen in television. I think the part of the Valonqar prophecy got left out of the Maggie thing on the show to give the surprise of having hopefully Jamie kill Cersei at some point instead of making it more obvious that one of her brothers was going to kill her or something. So I think some things are left out of the show for purposes of surprise reasons, and this could be one of those situations. 
with like dr with him riding a dragon till i see that sexy stuff over service yeah the the it's coming back oh we got a five dollar super chat donation to keep us going yeah we got all hail Sansa of House Stark, Rifle Queen of the North. Hashtag Team Sansa. Love you guys. Love all things. Melisandre is bringing the fiery hand over. Thanks, guys. It's the only flashback that hasn't played out yet. It's the only one left. Hop on Benjamin. There is no room or time. Phil Drink. You got Phil Drink. So here we go. Drink of the Game of Thrones wine, which is not bad. It's gross. But right now, it's a hard hard time to decide. I'm not a connoisseur. By you have the wrong finger. You have the pinky up. You got, you, got, you got the high finger. There you go. There you go. There we go. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Tony, thank you so much for joining me on the live stream. Definitely gonna, can't wait to have you back on in the future, dude. But, uh, but Tony, if I mentioned it before, but if people want to check you out, where can they find you? No doubt. Thank you for having me, Phil. It's, you know, it's been a great time chilling here. Thank you, everybody in the chat, chilling with us the whole time. So I wasn't up in the chat, chilling, chatting with you, but I had to take this there seriously. First time I was here, I had to take it seriously. Couldn't be distracted with the chat, but next time I'll be up in the chat with you. But you can definitely find me, Teflon TV, on YouTube. You know, we do Game of Thrones reviews. We do theories, you know what I mean? Make up my own theories, do that. It's basically what I should say is that we investigate and then we debate Game of Thrones. So if you have an opinion about Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire, come over to Teflon TV Check me, Mo Genie, on the pregame show, and that's the way it goes. But once again, thank you, Phil, for having me on. No, thank you, and lots of love out to Mo Genie. You guys are awesome. Take tons of questions. Mo Genie's a killer in the chat, getting your questions in and all that stuff, and an awesome, funny, amazing person. So definitely check out Tony and Mo and all the stuff happening on Teflon TV. So everybody, thank you so much in the live motherfucking chat. You guys have been amazing tonight. Let me jump in there and also thank all of our callers. Sorry about the live calling uh, problem. I'll try to sort that out by uh, season finale day. 1998 champions, Alan, Andy Western, Becky, Cheekiest, Ian, Iron Throne, Maiden of Darkness. Lots of love to you. Michael, Michael Smith, Mike Bush, Bushnell, Moni G, Norseman Bolts, Paul Quigley, Quixote, Reese, uh, Rice, Rig, Ryan, Centovia Major, SM Down, Jay, great calls tonight. Susie, uh, Finn, the spiders, great balls of fire, great balls of fire, the four diamond sword, the lewd dragon, Tom himself, Val Valerie Mosley, and Violet Messiah. Lots of thanks to everyone that joined us tonight or anyone that checks out this video. Please leave a like and a subscribe if you haven't already and share your thoughts in the comment section below about what you thought and what you're hoping for the next episode. I'll be on Friday afternoon at about 11.30 in the morning to do my uh, reaction to the trailer and talk about the pictures and the images and just my general silly Friday show all, all by myself. And then Joe, Katie, and I will be on Sunday evening after the Game of Thrones premiere. Also have a very special video coming out right at 10.30 on uh, season finale evening, coming on right before we do our live show, a little silly thing that uh, myself and Stephanie and Johnny Giants Bane worked on that I hope you guys might enjoy or at least roll your eyes at. So uh, look forward, hopefully you guys look forward to that, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. And let's pick a fucking song. Let me, let me pick a fucking song to play right now. Let's uh, play this fucking shit. Uh, talk to you guys later. Good night.
Next time you got to play, like, I mean, 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 I m